how's it going, everybody? We are back for another episode, and I'm excited because this episode, I got a friend. I'll call you my friend from Arkansas, Forrest Cavahall. I'm, <laughs> I'm a friend, even though you pronounced my last name wrong. Oh, God, did I? Carvajal, Carvajal. It's Forrest Carvajal. <laughs> <laughs> we just went over this, too. Oh, gosh, technology. <laughs> okay. <laughs> The bad part is, I know you know you probably can say my name correct because your name is so. And here's a, here's a little oh, off to- here's a little off topic for you. I pl- I played college football for a couple of years, and we called this Russian Ko. And like I seen his name one time, I was like, "Why do y'all call him Ko?" And that's and they're like, "That's what his name is." His name was Yoakovich, and I don't know how to spell anything in Yoakovich other than the last two letters are K and O. So that's why they're calling <laughs> Ko. And I like my hick retarded self thought it was like legit pronounced ko and i'm like that seems a little weird to be ko when you put it all together <laughs> oh I've, I've had it pronounced a bunch of different ways but i mean it's, it's carvajal is how you say it i mean i don't ever get offended i get offended when people say forest wrong or like misspell forest because it's it's two r's it's it's not like a, a bunch of trees which is one r so the two r thing that that irritates me a little bit but carvajal people can mispronounce that all day never bothers me yeah see i probably would have spelled four strong because i'd have spelled it the way your name is spelled because i see it so often on social media um little fun fact <laughs> about your name um not this is this is going to be hilarious because i found out what harrison was naming his kid back in um oh when we had you on the podcast back in duck season uh he actually told me after he goes you know what's funny he goes i'm actually naming my child forrest I was like, no way. You really are. I was really? Like, yeah. So, uh, yeah, he's got a little baby for us that was born last week. So, yeah, now I. I oh, wow. Congratulations. Yep. So, I definitely know how to spell it now if I didn't before. Um, <laughs> well, he's born at a good time. I was born just before Forrest Gump came out. So, <laughs> elementary school was a little rough. Well, uh, just take the word Winterstein and start rhyming it and. You can get a lot of fun stuff. Trust me, kids learn. <laughs> yeah, so, but we're gonna talk. Uh, we're gonna talk duck calling tonight, mainly competition calling. Um, we're gonna, I'm gonna bounce around because I have like topics in my head, and I've been packing for a wedding that we got to film this weekend, me and my wife. So, my brain's a little scattered. Um, but we're gonna. But I have some stuff, and I listened to a podcast the other day that you were on, and you. You said something that uh, I noticed when you, every time you do a duck call review, you do you call a certain way. And you pointed that out on your own podcast, and I was like, "Hmm, I want to like bring that up because that's something that like I've never thought about when you're trying out a duck call." Because a, I don't try out duck calls; I just buy them, and then I'm not going to blow them in front of somebody <laughs> else to let them judge me. I'm going to bring them home and judge right. myself. Uh, <laughs> but uh. <laughs> Yeah, it was something you pointed out there. So we'll get to that eventually. Um, but let's let's start out with um when did when did you start competition calling? Oh, when did I start? Well, that uh, there's really two answers to that. Um, when I was a kid, uh, I loved blowing a duck call. Like started duck hunting when I was 11. Pretty much started blowing a duck call the same time, just because I thought that, that that's fun. Let's make noise. Uh, and there was, that was in Texarkana, Arkansas, which if you don't know where that's at, that is right on the Texas-Arkansas border, hence the name Texarkana. And they had a duck calling contest, and I was somewhere around 13, maybe 14. And I was like, 
why not? I like to blow a duck call and I love competition, so we'll try it. And I think I got second in my first one. Uh, and I did a few juniors and I, I, I actually won one. Uh, it's one of the few contests I've ever won. But I did a little bit then and then I kind of dabbled as an adult. But really last year uh, was when I dove in head first and, like, and go to pretty much anything within five or six hours of my house. Uh, I will I will go to a contest now. So I I consider myself a like an af- official contest caller uh, because I will go to as many as I possibly can. Uh, like I said, within about six hours. That's about my limit for as far as I want to actually spend money to go to travel. Yeah, especially now with gas prices getting up there. Um, yeah, see, I would have thought the yeah. answer was last year because that's when I really started listening to your podcast and you you really started talking a lot about going to competition calling and getting into it and stuff. And I didn't realize that that, that you had those competitions as a young, pretty much at a younger age. I did, but I didn't really know what I was doing. Uh, my, my grandfather is the one that got me into hunting and I mean, he didn't know either. I mean, we were basically in the same, same boat. Like we really have no idea uh, the first contest I showed up and I was like, I don't even know what it's about. And they handed me like a piece of paper and they said, you need to demonstrate in these calling styles. And I was like, well, I know what a hell call is. <laughs> What's a greeting call? <laughs> What's a lonesome hen? Like what, I was like, what are all these and how am I actually supposed to, I had no idea what a routine was. The good thing was every other kid there was in the same boat. They had no idea what they were doing. <laughs> so, you know, we, it was, it was just a crapshoot. Uh, but last year, really, in my mind, is when I officially was consider myself as starting. Uh, well, I guess it wasn't technically last year. It would have been October of 2020 was my first adult contest that really got me hooked, like in person. I did some online ones during 2020, but those were just because it was COVID and you couldn't leave the house. So needed something to do. And there were some online, so I did those. But really, it was it was that one in October of 2020 that got the <laughs> this snowball rolling. Okay, okay. So before we before we like jump into into real deep in this, why don't you quick do a quick summary of um, the different contests? Because I know there's at least three I know of, and I think that's all. Well, I guess plus teams. Um, do a quick little breakdown right. of each one and like kind of their differences between them. And then we'll jump into which one. I think you do two. Well, one plus a team. I do every, I do every duck calling contest that I can. And we'll, we'll start with, with meat calling. Um, that seems to be the most popular. Uh, every contest except for one follows the same basic format where you're trying to paint a picture of calling in a group of ducks. So you start with hail calls, then you do greeting calls like the ducks are getting closer. And then you do your feed chatter and everything else. Like the ducks are right there. You're still working them and you have to pretend that you're losing them. So you have to do a comeback call and then you kind of do the greeting call again. You do the finishing stuff again, which is your feed call stuff. And then you, you finish them off and you have 90 seconds to do all that. Now you do that for Main Street, you do that for meat calling, you do that with your team stuff, and it's the same for cut down too. The cut down is a lot s- smaller percentage of people, but there are cut down contests. That's really just our area in Arkansas that, that really does those. Uh, 
but there's one other one that's live duck that it follows no format whatsoever. You just get up there and you try to sound like a group of ducks on the water. Uh, it's the most realistic. Um, you're not doing any hail calls or any rolling feed. It's just purely hit the same tones that a group of ducks sitting on the water is going to be hitting and try to sound like a relaxed group of ducks. And that was 60 seconds. Um, now the difference is in me calling, uh, it's, it's got that same routine, but you're not hitting this high ball hail call. You still kind of do a hail call, but it's not the, it's not the high ball that people think of. It's not that one. That's main street. In meat calling, you have a little bit of freedom. You can do bouncing hens. You can do a high duck or a low raspy duck. You have a little bit more freedom there to throw in a bunch of different ducks. Um, Main Street is the most difficult by far. Uh, that's the one that people think of when they think of Stuttgart. It's that real long <laughs> ring and hail call. Uh, but that format is the same. You still do the, the same format of calling in a group of ducks, losing them, calling them back in. But you have to do a ring and hail call. Most people use a rolling feed in this one, and there's no bouncing hens. You don't make the call whine. Those things will get you cut fast. Uh, the main purpose of calling contests is for somebody to show complete control of the duck call. You can do that in every contest, but Main Street is the, requires the most control of any of them because to, to run a Main Street call from the very top to the very bottom for 90 seconds without making a mistake is extremely difficult. If you can do that, you can run any duck call out there. But that's a basic uh, overview of what calling contests there really are. Cutdowns is the same way. It's just, it follows the same format, but it just it's just a cutdown sound, that barky, snappy sound. Okay, okay. Um, so, yeah, so I would consider meat duck kind of like, to me, because I'm not in the contest calling, I'm more into, I'm in the dog. So, to me, meat duck's like a meat, like a duck dog, like a meat dog. I mean, it knows, it it's f some, like, a kind of a strict thing, but then you got your field trial dogs that are, like, completely different level, and that's your, that's your main street guys. Um, So, which, so do you call in all three, well, all three of the main ones, not cut down, but the, do you try to hit all three of those when you go to a contest? I, I do all of them. Um, I've I've only done one cut down because that's really all I've had the opportunity to do so far. Uh, but yes, I do all of them. Main Street is my favorite uh, because the World Duck Calling Championship is here in Stuttgart, Arkansas. If you're from Arkansas, that's kind of like the pinnacle. It's really the pinnacle of any calling contest. It's the biggest calling contest in the nation, probably the world. Uh, so that's that's my main goal is I want to win that contest. I've never qualified for it because you have to win a sanctioned qualifying contest to qualify for worlds. Uh, most people will tell you it takes a minimum of two years of practicing and competing in contests before most people qualify for worlds. Uh, some people it takes a lot more. So very few do it in less than two years. Uh, when I first really started dabbling in this, uh, Rick Dunn was the first person that really I talked to. And he's the owner of Echo Calls. And he was like, it's going to take you two years before you're ready to qualify. I'm like, okay. And at that time, I was like, yeah, right, whatever. Well, I competed all year last year. 
And so far, I've competed in a few this year. I still haven't qualified yet, so I'm coming up on two years and I haven't qualified. So, I mean, it's ringing true right now. Yeah, and I, I would say a lot of that holds true to, I mean, probably because I've heard you talk about the stats, the stats, because there's a website you can go to and look up all the stats. Um, can you, do you know you know that off the top of your head? What's that website called? Um, well, it used to be callingducks.com, but that website has been, uh, I don't know if it's tempor- temporarily shut down or if it's completely shut down. Uh, so the one that had all the stats on it, that's you, you can't do that anymore. Oh. Um, International Callers Association is the thing that's kind of taking over, trying and attempting to take the place of that. Yeah. Um, and that, that just started this year. It's, it's, it's going okay. Uh, but there's really nowhere to find the stats from, you know, what the past was and who's all, who all has won all these contests. And it used to have world rankings for goose calling and duck calling. Cause I would assume that, I mean, how many, how many guys get into the world? How many, like what's your, uh, that, that just depends on how many sanctioned contests there are throughout the nation. Last year, I want to say, I don't remember the exact number, but it was somewhere between 50 and 53 that were in it. I think it's been up in the 60s at, at, at the most. I don't think it's been 70 people before. Uh, but last year was a pretty small year, and I think it was somewhere around 53, I think. Okay, okay so we'll say 50 to 60 people. But I would say there's a solid yeah. 30 of those guys that know – that have been doing it for five plus years that they, they know they're going to go to an event and they're going to win that, that sanction and they're going to be in there. Yes. And I mean that, yes. so that cuts yes. your field down to, you have 50% of a chance to win. It's kind of one of those things where you, you've got a, I, I don't call it, I guess I would call it like kind of like playing the cards in your hand and see who's going where. Kind of, It's kind of like in the rodeo world, you double-check what riders are going where, so you got a better chance of beating all these guys over here than you got of beating that guy over there. Um, I don't... Yeah. I yeah. mean, uh, I'm not necessarily saying that's how you do it, but that would be a strong strategy, knowing that there's probably 30 of those guys that are guaranteed they're going to go to two contests and they're going to be in. People like um, Jonathan Martin. Um, no, not Jonathan. What is his last name? Jonathan... Morton. Morton. There we go. From Echo. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he is. Yeah. He is insane on a dot call. Um. Yeah, he's really good. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's uh, that's something that's very interesting. That I didn't. I thought the number was like twenty five total that that were there. Maybe no. I've never never been there. That's crazy. I think there's fifty to sixty. It's a long, long, long contest. If you ever go to watch it, it's a full afternoon type deal. Because if you think about it, say there's 50 people. Each one of those people has 90 seconds to blow a duck call. So you're already, I mean, you're minimum two hours for just the first round. And there's three rounds. And and that's if there's no ties. And there's always ties. So you're you know, I think it starts around two or three in the afternoon, and it will go till seven most years. It's yeah. a long contest. Yeah, I can't, I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine like competing in that. I mean, ooh, yeah, that's a and it's, that, it's a big deal to compete in it. Yeah, that's not even that's before duck season comes in too. Correct. I think that's like the weekend. Well, it's. In Stuttgart, it is the second weekend. It's the weekend after Thanksgiving, which is typically our second weekend of duck season. Uh, 
not this year, but next year they've changed that to where it'll be <laughs> we, opening day will be the same day as the World Duck Calling Championship. I hate that personally. Yeah, I could I could imagine that would. But for someone that's going to travel, well, I mean, everybody everybody's going to hunt. So things if you, if you're somebody that's competing from Arkansas, so like say I qualify not this year but next year for Worlds. I'm not going to miss opening day of duck season. That's like Christmas here in Arkansas. You, you don't miss that. So I'm probably going to be up at, I mean, I may not even sleep the Friday night before. So let's say best case scenario, I wake up at 2 a.m. and I'm going to hunt and then I've got to get prepared for worlds. I'm, I mean, we're talking easily a 24-hour day of being awake with all this, you know, this contest and everything else, and then trying to get everything back home, get everything cleaned up, and then I'm going to be ready to go duck hunting the next day. Yeah, that's going to be that's going to be a long weekend. Yeah, that's going to be a very long weekend. I'm really I'm really glad I'm not a contest. Co- well, I would never make it there anyways. But <laughs> I don't say that. Oh, oh, yeah. I, I, I there's a Drake. <laughs> they, they made Drake whistles for a reason. <laughs> um, but look, what time? So. We've kind of broke down those calls. Before we jump into a couple of contests that I want to bring up that you were in this year, um, what what kind of call do you like? Do you do you run right now? Can you say what kind it is? I don't know if you've got like a cut, like some yeah. someone special custom or something. No, no. Uh, for Main Street, uh, I'm going between an Echo Boss and a Riceland right now. Those are the two that I have. Uh, some days I blow one better than the other. Some days I blow the other one better. Um, I have used them both in contests, uh, and I've done well with, you know, well, I've only done the wrestling in one contest so far this year, and I've done the echo in, uh, one contest. That's for Main Street. Uh, for me calling, it's kind of the same thing. I go back and forth between two calls. Uh, I use a Layers T1 and a, um, oh shoot, RM, an RM CWS. Those are the two that I kind of go between for me calling. Uh, live duck. I haven't settled in on one for that yet. Uh, probably the CWF would be my first choice right now. Uh, and then the cut down contest, uh, I've done one. I did one of those last month and I used a, a Mondo LT. That cut down contests are the most strict because you have to use a cut down. And just because the company says that they have a cut down, that does not mean that it qualifies for a contest cut down. Like it has to re- meet certain measurement requirements to be considered a quote unquote cut down. Yeah. Cause I, I can, there's a big difference between like a Mondo cut down and I can name a few that look a whole lot different that consider themselves cut down, which I like. I'm not a, I'm not a Mondo fan. I actually own one. Um, I right. bought it and put it in a well, I, case to look at. <laughs> I mean, I can tell you right now, uh, my favorite cut down for hunting is a maker's. I mean, it, that's my favorite, period. And that's what I was going to blow at Simmons in Louisiana uh, was my maker's. But I messaged Devin Singleton. Uh, he's the owner of Singleton Calls. He's really the one putting on the contest. I said, does the maker's meet qualifications? He said, no, it actually doesn't uh, because the exhaust is a little too long. So the main things to me, the cut down requirements is you have to use a 0.14 mil reed, uh, which is a thicker reed. You have to have that upslope on the front edge of the tone board. And the one that gets most people is the tone channel from the end of the cork slot 
to, as far as it goes down the tone board, that distance has to be longer than from the end of the cork slot to the end of the exhaust. That's what makes it a cut down. And Maker's is just a little bit longer or the same. I don't know the exact measurement of it. Uh, but anyway, anyhow, that's what kept me from getting to use my Maker's in that contest. It's just those little bitty bit. And I and Devin said, well, you can shave the end off the off the exhaust and make it meet requirements. <laughs> well, I'm not, I'm not fooling with it. I don't know cut downs well enough to actually fool with, with that. But that's, I mean, you, it's getting into, I mean, tiny, tiny measurements when you're looking at that stuff. Yeah, that's why I was asking if you use like a custom call because I've, um, I know a couple of guys up here that have contest called before in the past and they've got, like, they've showed me their contest calls and they've done like little fanatic y things different to them than like the standard call you buy from the store. How they're like, and I've seen them take like the goose guts, um, and putty them up and stuff and change them a little bit to, um, to fit what they're wanting oh, it, to do. Yeah. And I mean, it's like, I don't even. I I get so aggravated when I pop my goose guts out trying to get it back right so I can get it to run right again. And I'm probably, I would say I'm a whole lot better on a goose call than I am a duck call. And I don't, I'm, I don't know why either. I think it's more of everyone up here blows duck calls because no one wants to hunt geese. So I was like, well, I'll learn how to blow a goose call. No one wants to hunt them. And I just kind of picked it up that <laughs> way naturally. I'm not very good on a goose call. I I can blow one a little bit. But goose calling is definitely harder than, than duck calling. It's 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 much more difficult. If you can operate a goose call, then you can probably operate a duck call perfectly fine. Oh, I can I, I can operate a duck call to kill ducks. But I can't like I'm not gonna go like I don't have a rolling feed. I don't have I don't have like a bouncing hen or anything like that. I mean I can quack, get loud, get quiet, and I can feed or chuckle a little bit. And I mean, it's all you need to yeah. kill ducks. I mean, that's pretty much the the basis of. I mean, we we pulled in a lot of ducks last year out in the field just using Drake whistles. Um, oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, calling contests were the main purpose of calling contests is to show control of the duck call. Now you don't need a bouncing hen, you don't need a rolling feed, you don't. I mean, you don't even need the ring and hail call to to duck hunt. I mean, it helps if you can do some of those things, but you don't have to use them to duck hunt. Uh, but if you can do them, then it, it just, it gives you an extra tool in your bag to, to call up the birds. Yeah. And it gives you something a lot different to give them when everyone else is giving them kind of the same thing. Um, I've, I've met very few guys that can do a bouncing hen up here, which that's something Harrison just one day like showed me. He's like, look what I can do now. And he just started doing it. I was like, how'd you do it? And he goes, drove my truck for like three weeks straight with my call. And I was like, well, maybe I should put my call back in my truck. But still haven't said I was going to this year and hasn't been in there one day yet. <laughs> it's, it's just giving that extra little T at the end is all, all it is. Once you, once you do it, it's kind of like riding a bicycle. It's like you, you're very wobbly at first, but then once you get the right feel, you're like, oh, that's what it's supposed to be like. And then you're good. You never forget it. Yeah. So um, let's jump into the DU call event this year. Is that correct? Is that the correct name of it? Like, I'm afraid to touch my phone after we already dropped call once um, down in Texas. <laughs> the the Ducks Unlimited Expo in Texas? Yes, yes. Yeah, that calling contest. Yeah, that one was a good one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, was, um, that was a good event for me. Yeah, let's – Um, that was your – that was the first one. Well, not, maybe not your first one this year. That was the first one you placed in top three this year, correct? 
Uh, that was my no. That was the first one of the year. Yeah, that was the first See, one of the year. Yeah, I, I thought it was, uh, but I did, wasn't for sure. I wasn't gonna say that. For no, sure. you're you're good. Um, yeah, there was one, two. There was three duck calling events there. They had a regional, which is a qualifier for worlds, and that's the only one that I practiced for. Like I practiced and practiced and practiced just for that. I was I was gonna blow in the meat contest. And I was gonna blow in the team contest, but I was like I. My main goal is to qualify for Worlds, so I really haven't practiced any meat calling up until the last few weeks, and I'm practicing for dive bombs, and that's all that I'm practicing for right now. But anyhow, I wanted to qualify for Worlds. Uh, got there, and, you know, all the – there's quite a few big-name guys that are there. Uh, Domingo Sanchez is there. Vincent Marsiglia is there. Bronson Lashley was there. All three of those guys were in the top ten at Worlds. Uh, so I, you know, already I'm like, okay, well, top three is going to be hard. Uh, my main, my biggest goal is to win the contest, but at this stage still being so new, I just want to get, make third rounds. If I'm making third rounds, that means I'm making the final round. I'm putting myself in position to win. So got up there and blew in the first round and made it, blew the second round, made it, got to the third round. And I was like, okay, well, we'll just, you know, We've, we've met our first goal, and we'll see what happens. And I blew fairly clean in all three rounds. Not good, but I didn't have a mistake. A mistake is like your your tone goes off, you squawk, you you have a flat note, or you have a thin note. Anything like that in Main Street is getting you – you're losing points. Excuse me. And uh, if you don't have good flow or if – it's just there's so many things that can go wrong in Main Street. And I blew what's called clean, which is like I didn't really have any major mistakes, but it was just, it wasn't super solid. Anyhow, I can't remember who got third. I think it was Vincent that might have got third. And they called my name, my name for second place. And I was in shock because that was the first time, first time that I've made actually place in a Main Street adult event. So I was, I was excited. Domingo won. He won by a lot, <laughs> like a landslide. Like I, nobody was close. It was, it was Domingo got first. Everybody else was going for second, and he won five grand for that contest. That contest the winner got five grand. So that was, I mean, that was that's a chunk of change. And the cool thing about that one is, like, they don't give you a check at that one. Like he got hundred dollar bills <laughs> handed out to him. It was great. Uh, but yeah, I got second in that one. I was pretty happy about that. And then. The next event at the same same venue is like right afterwards was the meat calling contest. You stop me if you want to if you want to no. inter- ask a question or anything like that. Yeah, I will. I will. I'll interrupt so, you. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I was warming up for the meat contest, and I was like, I honestly don't know which of the my two calls I want to blow. Do I blow the layers? Do I blow the RM? I had never done the RM in a contest, so I was like, well, I'm kind of feeling the RM, so I'll just blow it. And there was even more competition in the meat calling contest. Hayden Richard is in this one. He's the reigning world duck calling champion. Domingo's in this one. Corey Neekum, if you don't know who Corey Neekum is, he's pretty much considered the best meat caller ever. Like he wins everything he goes to pretty much is what it feels like. Uh, and all those other guys that were in the, the main street, they're in it too. So it's like, man, there's, making a third round in this is going to be even harder than making the third round in the main street. Well, I blew okay in the first one. Okay. In the second one. And I made third round. I was like, sweet. I made third round. 
there's, you know, I was proud of myself for making third round in that one. And we finished the third round and they came back there and said, well, we've got a call off. I was like, okay, cool. I said, they said, I need Corey and I need Forrest. And I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> so at that point, I was like, there's a good possibility that this is for first. Because if you're blowing against Corey, you're probably blowing for first place. So I was shaking in my boots when they said that I was blowing against Corey. Okay, well, here we go. We got up there and we did the call off, which I think I think I went first and then he went second. And then we're done. They came back there and they said, well, y'all tied. Y'all got to go again. Like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> That's so great. Corey, Corey was tired of it. He was tired of being there. He's like, I'm not even doing the warm-up, blah, blah, blah. And I was just thinking, yeah, right, whatever. Well, he got up there. He went first in the second call-off, and he didn't do a warm-up. He just got up there and went right after his routine. I thought it sounded just like what Corey sounds like all the time, just really good, perfect flow. I mean, really good. And then I got up there and blew mine, and, you know, it was pretty much like all the others. None of them were bad. Uh, and then they started announcing, you know, we went out there. Somebody had finally won at that point. And then I can't remember who got fifth and fourth. And they said, third place, Corey Nikon. And they hadn't called my name yet. So I was like, well, I beat Corey, but who won? <laughs> you know, I was like, well, who freaking won if it wasn't one of us? But I've got, we've done two contests and I've got two second place finishes now. Uh, Hayden Richard was the one that won the reigning world champion. So makes sense, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, we've done two contests. I've got two second place finishes. I'm on cloud nine. And now we've got the team contest which is pretty much the same guys and they allow you two teams. So one of my teammates is Seth Russell and my other teammates, Domingo Sanchez. So I'm like, okay, I have two really good teammates. Let's see if, you know, let's just see what happens. I'm going for third round again. Well, both of my teams, we make it to the third round. So I'm like, this is awesome. And get up there, we do our thing. And then they're calling out, uh, you know, our places. They said third place, Domingo Sanchez, fourth Carvajal. Like, Sweet. I got, you know, I placed in all three of the contests today. Then they go second place, Seth Russell, Forrest Carvajal. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, you got to be kidding me. I've done three contests and I've got three second place finishes. <laughs> Just could never get the W, but I, I left Texas with a smile on my face because I did well. I mean, that was, that was still to this day so far the best, well, the cut down went really well also, but yep. that was a good day. That yeah, was a good day. Louisiana that, was a different story. Yeah, that was, um, we're going to get to that in a few, but yeah, um, that was, <laughs> that was a pretty good, I mean, you, I mean, we're, we're not even going to talk about cash. Pro, we're not, we don't even want to talk about cash in this, but you left with like some awesome prizes on top of, on top of your cash prize, uh, of the weekend. Yeah. I had to be carded carted they put me and all of our all my stuff into a golf cart to take me back to the parking lot now my question is like have you talked to yeti and said hey um we need a little we need a little sponsorship yet because i mean you left there with like a couple i mean probably about five hundred dollars plus of yeti stuff it looked like <laughs> i did i got the two oh shoot i don't even remember what those bags are called uh they're out now I don't think they weren't actually... they weren't out then when you won those those didn't even exist yet I mean, they existed, but right, no one had them. But you guys, but they were they were on the website like coming soon. Yeah, 
and they're cool bags. They're, I mean, they're heavy duty. I've got one full of shotgun shells right now because we're in the process of moving, and it's just full of shotgun shells, and it carried all of them perfectly fine. Uh, yeah, so those are cool bags, but yeah, that was that a bunch of Higdon decoys, which I'm excited to use. Yeah, you can't go wrong. Like anytime you get free de- free new decoys, you can't go wrong with that. I mean, no, never, never. I mean, they're always going to get shot and everything else done to them. So, uh, well, these are foam filled. So uh, shoot them all you want. Yeah, I was about to say those are the <laughs> foam filled ones. So you can, uh, as Freddie King says, you can shoot them. They're not. They're not going to sink. That's right. That's right. I got. I think I got a dozen and a half, and they came with the slotted bags too. So it was. I mean, that was legit. Oh, they, they, they were really bags. good. Higdon did well. Yeah, it was a slotted bag in each each of the boxes. Yeah. Ooh. Now you got to get rid of that. You got to get the big, um, the big like trash can style bag. I mean, come on. <laughs> you got to put that in the front. of I the don't know st- about that. I like my slotted bags. Oh, you got to put it up in front of the stump jumper. That's what you need. <laughs> That's right. In front of the man, that stump jumper is a big boat. It is a big boat. It does not do corners well, but it does everything <laughs> else pretty well. Yeah, I'm a yeah. Like I, I looked, I looked hard at one of those. Not to go down a rabbit hole, but I looked very hard at one of those, but just couldn't. I didn't. I couldn't find one and get one in a very, like I think it was like a year wait time. They were kind of telling me, so I was like, Ugh. "Really? Yeah." Well, Tyler and Barrett—they're the one that own the stump jumper, and they—they they found it used. I—I I don't know where how they found it. Once they go to looking for something, they look pretty hard, and they're—they're they're pretty good at finding deals. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just like, I'm always terrified to buy something used and get someone's engine in trouble. Because I, uh, I talked, uh, yeah, I talked, I'm to, right there with you. I talked to Barrett a bunch about looking at different, different boats when I was looking at, and he was telling me everything to look at and check, and I was just like, oh, this is just too much trouble. Like, what's the difference in the price of a new one? And like, it was like five thousand dollars, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I'll just pay five thousand dollars. <laughs> I was like, oh. Yeah, if, if I could afford new over used, I would definitely go new every time. So when, when it comes to boats, for sure. Mainly the motor. Uh, with aluminum boats, I mean, they're going to get beat up, but you usually you can look at aluminum boat and tell where your problems are going to be. But that motor, I mean, that's where all of your fixes are going to go, is to that dadgum motor. Oh, yeah. It's like, yeah. I'm, yeah, trust me. I know. Motors suck. <laughs> they're very, uh Oh yeah, don't don't get me down a rabbit hole where I can yell about a boot company <laughs> in your state. Because I'm to the point now where I will, I will straight up complain about a boot company in your state. I don't even really care anymore. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and jump to something else then. <laughs> yeah. So your next contest after there, you went from uh, Texas. Uh, I don't think Louisiana was next. I think you you had one before that, didn't you? No, I think I think Louisiana was next. We. So let, me, let me let me think. One, two. I thought you had. Uh, yeah, Louisiana was next. Okay, Louisiana okay. was next. In South Louisiana, St. Charles or or Lake Charles or something like Lake Arthur, Lake Arthur, Louisiana. Okay, okay. Have you had? Okay, now now we're gonna go down a rabbit hole because I've I've gotten. Have you had two contests in Louisiana this year? Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's well, two, what. That's what's got me confused. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So let's go south in Louisiana yeah. first. Well, that one was 
the farthest that I've gone to a contest, I think it was seven hours to that one. And Riceland was the one that really put that one on. And I had switched to a Riceland call between Dallas and this one because it, it just kind of fit the way I wanted to present the air better. And they had a same stuff. It was a sanctioned event. They had a meat con contest and then they had the team and you could do two teams. So I went down there on a high, you know, like I did well in Texas. I know I can do well here now. So I was hoping to do that. The main street was first. That was all I practiced for again. Did not practice the meat calling, maybe one or two routines before that, but really just practicing the meat or the main street. And Seth Fields was there. And if you don't know who that is, him, him and Corey are like neck and neck with the, the meat duck and live duck stuff. They're just, they, they can do stuff on a duck call. That's incredible. Uh, so he was, he was my main competition there and I knew it. Uh, Vincent was there again. You know, he was top 10. He was top five at Worlds last year. Bronson was there. He was top 10 at Worlds. Uh, so, I mean, there was still really good competition in Louisiana and, I blew my first routine. I thought it was good. Blew my second routine. Thought it was good. Made the third round. Was happy about that. And I did have a bobble in my third round. Uh, it wasn't a squawk, but it was kind of like a, a thin note in one of my ducks. It was something that was noticeable, so I lost a point with that. Anyhow, did not place. Didn't get third. Didn't get second. Obviously didn't win. So I was, I think I got fourth or something like that. I was disappointed. I was like, well, crap, what, what happened? And every single judge said that I sounded muffled. Okay. Well, I was going to Riceland, and Hayden was one of the judges, and he's the one that does all the Riceland calls. So he was like, well, well blow it for me. So I, I'll, I'll, I'll prove it to you that you sounded muffled. Okay. Well, I blew it. And he was like, that's not how you blew it on stage. That's exactly how I blew it on stage. So we'll do it again. I did it again. Like, that's not how you blew it. <laughs> yeah, it was. So he called Domingo, who was one of the judges over there. Both of them had written down – that was the only notes that they had written down for me. It was muffled in every round. So I blew from Domingo, and he was like, that's not what it sounded like when you're on stage. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. That's how I blew the call. So they made me get back up on stage. Domingo stood in front of me. Hayden went back to behind the tarp where the judges were. I blew a hell call. Hayden came out just grinning from ear to ear. He was like, you're muffled. And Domingo shook his head. He was like, no, he wasn't muffled. So I don't know what happened. <laughs> I don't know. But it was just one of those things. Like I, it, it wasn't meant to be at that contest. Yeah, let's uh, let's. But I made third round. Let's uh, let's stop right here because I want to point this out for people that don't that don't know, and I didn't know this until I watched uh, some calling videos. But the judges are blind. Correct? Am I incorrect in saying that they have no correct. idea who they have no idea who's on stage? Now, most likely these guys have heard enough people blow, and they're in the call industry. They kind of know. They probably could put a pretty good finger on who certain people are. I would assume. Yes. Uh, we'll, we'll go off into that real quick, talking about judges and how the scoring works. Because the scoring works the same way for all duck calling contests. There's five judges, and they will – the first round, you're judged between 70 and 80 points. Okay? So average, like average clean rounds get you a 75. You'll hear contest callers talk, well, I got a five. Okay? So first round, they judge you 70 to 80. Second round, they judge you 80 to 90, and the third round is 90 to 100, okay? 
And those between those five judges, each one gives you a score. They throw out the highest, throw out the lowest, and add the three middle ones together. And that's get, that gets you your score for each round. And your point about the judges knowing who the callers are, yes. An experienced judge can hear an experienced caller and know exactly who that caller is. When you're at Worlds, like if you have somebody back there that's a usual judge or somebody that's around contest calling a lot, they are going to know who Jonathan is. They're going to know who Michael Steinmeier is. They're going to know who Domingo is. They're going to know the guys that are consistently there. They're going to know exactly when those guys get up on stage because most of the time, I can tell you when Steiny gets up there every time because of the way he warms up. It's that they all warm up exactly the same. Everybody has their own warm-up thing. But what Steiny does, and some of them do that, is like you nod your head to go. There's no talking when you get up on stage. The judge asks you, do you want warm-up? You nod your head. You do your warm-up. You nod your head again. The judge says four score or four real or something like that. Well, after Steiny nods his head and the, the – MC says for real right when he starts that for or whatever he's going to say Steiny goes right after it the first note of his hail call is always covered up by the MC saying something so you know Paulie Steiny so yes the judges do know who's up there most of the time if it's constant yeah. or consistent contest callers but but let's let's also say this real quick because I don't know if you've said this but I've heard it on a podcast talking about contest calling it might have been you on off the X but you but when you have certain judges that are let's say an echo guy well they're going to favor the sound of an echo call or I'm I'm after echo I really don't know an RNT call or I don't know all the other ones like you right. do but like you you will have I guess there's tendencies too in judges I mean it's an opinion based sport also um, it is. It is. And I think that's something everybody needs to remember. This, this is a big time opinion base because it's, you're talking, there's few points usually probably between these guys when it one one to two points decide no winner. When, when you get to Worlds, yes. Uh, most of these other contests, most of the sanctioned ones, uh, as of right now, there's not just a ton of people competing in them. It's usually six to ten. Some of the bigger ones are about 15 people. But... Uh, yes, the, I mean, because it's, it's, if you're a judge, you're listening for the sound that you want to hear. Well, guys that blow an echo call, they like an echo sound, obviously. So when they hear an echo, they're not giving it a higher score because, oh, that's an echo. I have to give that person a higher score. No, it's just because they like the sound. They like that sound. <laughs> it's, just, I mean, it's just plain and simple. It, that, that fits their ear, so they're going to ju- score that a little bit higher. Yeah, I mean, I like the sound. Uh, I don't. I have um, I have a buddy who blows a um, an RNT Mondo, and anyone else blows their RNT Mondo, I really don't like the sound of it. But the way he blows his, I like the sound of it. It's just he makes it very whine. I mean, he can make it real whiny, really nasal when he gets on it, and um, it's just something that I, I like when it comes to that call. But I can tell when he blows his call, I know exactly who it is by that sound. Um, right. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm sorry to get us off in that tangent. Oh, one more tangent while we're in here. How do they break? Because I meant to ask this a few minutes ago, but because what, like, how do they break down the rounds? Like, first round, everybody, second round, they cut it to, do they have a set number they always cut to, or is it like a percentage? 
no. Uh, usually they will cut it as close to in half as possible. Uh, for, well, just for example, if we've got 10 guys, or we'll, we'll do, yeah, we'll just, what's that? If we've got 10 guys, we'll say everybody's one point apart, you know, just for kicks and giggles. They would cut it to the top, top five or the next five, maybe six. Now, if you've got 10 guys and you've got seven of them that are all within two or three points of each other, and then eight, nine, and 10 are, you know, seven or eight points back, well, they're going to cut it to those seven because they're all still in the contest. One of them could jump the next. Or if you've got 10 people and then three of them are winning by 10 and the others don't stand a chance, well, they're going to cut it to those three. Does that make sense? Yes, that yes, that makes – yeah. So they cut it reason. They cut it based off who's who's got a chance, who's still in the ballgame. Okay, yeah. that, that, make, that makes yeah. complete who, sense. Who's still in the ballgame? Yeah, that makes complete sense to me. That makes more sense than they're like, well, we're going to cut it to – 70% of the field, and then we're going to cut it to 30% of the field. Yeah. 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 Most of the time, it's it's pretty close to cutting it in half. But if you have huge gaps or not big gaps between scores, then they won't cut it as deep. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because if, you, if, if, if they're paying five places, then, you know, they've got to, they've got to consider that fifth-place person. Because it could be a fight for that fifth place person to get in the money, so they're really looking for who's got a shot at making it in the money. If yeah. that makes sense, too. No, that makes complete sense. I'm right there with you. Okay, so let's go back to Louisiana. We're in southern Louisiana. Um, mm-hmm. You've uh, yeah, we finished the main street. We're going to the meat contest, and I'm still in my head were are upset because I didn't place in the, the main street. Um, one of the guys had a, he had a bobble. So I thought I had beat him and he placed. Uh, so I was, I was a little upset about it. I wasn't mad. I was just kind of like frustrated, you know, just, just being human. And I didn't make the third round in the meat contest, which made me even matter. <laughs> and I already was so like, you gotta be kidding me. Drove all the way down here, paid for two nights in a hotel. Gas just went up at this point for down here. It had just went up to like 409, which was the most I have ever paid for gas in my entire life. And I was just like, came all the way down here just to pay money to watch other people blow a duck call. I was, I wasn't happy after the meat contest. Uh, cause like I said, didn't make third round and that made me mad. Uh, but. If you're going to do this, if you're going to do contest calling, you've got to do, in my opinion, you got to do two things. One, you've got to find a positive because if you just look at a negative, you're always going to be pissed off because there's only going to be one winner. Everybody else is going to be a loser, and there's only going to be one winner. The other thing is you've got to learn from every opportunity that you've got because there's not a whole lot of contests that you're going to actually going to get to go to. So you got to learn something from every one of them. So... I wasn't in a position to think positively (laughs) at that point, but I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to video these guys. That way I can watch it later and try to learn something from what they have done. Okay. Or what they're doing that I did not do possibly. So that's what I, that's what I did. I went, went out there and I watched and I listened and I tried to find something to, to build off of for the next meet contest. Uh, But it hurt. It hurt to do poorly. Yeah, I mean that that would I mean that was kind of a 
oh, I think I've got this figured out, kick back to the bottom of the pile that, no, you don't. As Rick Dunn said, you had two years left. You, you had two <laughs> yep. years. You had two years before you had it figured out. and I mean, and like so far. I haven't reached those two years yet, but we're <laughs> we're getting close. I mean, and so and so far, you've. I also want to like point out, like I said there, like I made like a, a random number. I said like twenty five percent of those guys, twenty five percent of the guys in the worlds are always know they're going to be in. But you haven't called against someone yet. You haven't. Went, have you been to a contest in Main Street and been like less than three guys that were at the worlds the year before? No, I, I have I have not. <laughs> I mean, uh, that's, every that's, contest that's crazy. I mean that that just shows like yeah, well, there's just there's no gimmies. There are gimmies, but the thing is the the area that I'm in since I'm in Arkansas and the you know the world is in Arkansas. Uh, my range that I drive and go to places, I'm going to be competing against guys that are always going to be good. Like the, the best in the world are usually around Arkansas. The guy that won it last year is from Louisiana. Uh, the guy that won it the year before or the time before, he's from Missouri. There's not many people that are from the East Coast or West Coast that have won world. I can't think of any off the top of my head that might be from either side that has won the world duck calling championship. Most of them I would say are within seven hours of Arkansas. So that means I'm going to compete against most of those guys. Or you're going to need to get a plane and start flying a little farther away. I mean, I don't know which one, but (laughs) (laughs) North Carolina is the one on my radar as of right now (laughs) uh, that I'm considering. Like if I haven't qualified by the time North Carolina rolls around, I might go all the way out there uh, I think there was only three guys at one of those last year. Uh, Presley's in Illinois. Uh, I think it's the second weekend in August. That one, that one's on my radar too because they have three regionals, or three contests that I can qualify for worlds. And last year, the first contest had five guys. The second contest had four. And the third contest had three guys in it. So. <laughs> The third contest, you were guaranteed to be in the top three, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, I'm probably going to go to that one unless something else happens. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so, actually, is that, what show is that at, the one in Illinois? Um, Presley's. I, 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 I don't know if it has a different name. Oh, everybody calls it Presley's. I think, I don't know. I think there was talk about going to that show. I was supposed to go out to that show with some people. But I don't think we're going now. Last I heard was they were now trying to figure the only out thing their, that would, their can, a Canada trip, so they were going to do that instead, plan for a Canada trip and all. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, the only thing that would stop me is I've heard that two of our big regionals here in Arkansas might be the same weekend. Uh, they would be much more difficult to win uh, because they're the two biggest regionals of the year, and it's all the Arkansas guys that are going to be at those two. Uh, but it'll be a whole lot cheaper. <laughs> I won't have to pay for a hotel. I won't have to pay for gas. And there's a bunch of contests that I would be competing in up there. So that's a lot of entry fees here. It would just be drive to Stuttgart, which is an hour and a half from where I live. And, you know, max of two entry fees, which they're $50 in entry fees. So that's a hundred dollars for two contests. 
Yeah, I mean that one that would be a whole lot cheaper. Um than uh than, yeah. than a trip north or especially a trip to North Carolina. That'd be I mean I can put a <laughs> have you looked at how many hours that is and do you know how many hours it is? I think I think where that contest was, I think it's twelve hours from me. So it would be oh, no it way. would definitely no be way. two nights. Yeah. No way. No way. It would be two hours. nights in a hotel. Or, you don't think it's that long? Oh, I think it's longer. I think twelve is way. <laughs> I think it's going to be longer than twelve. Um, it might be, but I, I want to say it was twelve to where that contest was at. But I mean, like I said, I haven't looked at it too in depth. Uh, but they have two or three regionals there, and I don't think that there was a lot of people that competed in them last year. I'm not going to say that I would be a shoe in to win because you never know what's going to happen or who's going to show up. But it wouldn't be as stiff a competition as what I've been competing against. Yeah. That, I mean, that's the thing. Like that would probably be, I don't even, I don't even know what the closest contest to West Virginia would be. I think that would probably be at North Carolina or there's probably something in Ohio somewhere. Um, Pennsylvania, I think, but Pennsylvania, I think still pretty far away. Uh, yeah. 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 So man, that, that you've got, you've got a little bit of work ahead of you, I guess. To say to figure out, I've I mean, got a lot of work. <laughs> I mean, to figure out the path because I mean that's the big thing now is figuring out your path there. But I, I'm excited to see if you can uh, make it happen here. So we're, we're gonna. I, I, how did the team? Well, what was you gonna say there? Uh, the team, I guess it went a little better because it was. I had the same teammates that I had in Texas. I had Seth Russell and I had Domingo, and me and Seth didn't make. I don't think, yeah, we didn't make third round, uh, but me and Domingo got fourth or fifth. I think it's fifth. So I got, <laughs> I got my entry fee back for that one. Uh, but that was, that was the only prize money that I won was, was that. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was, I got knocked off my high horse and the confidence got a big hit <laughs> at that contest. Yeah. I mean, that was, but here's the thing. See, you said, you was only going to go five or six hours, and it was seven hours of that one. So maybe it was kind of trying to tell you that you were you were going a little too far. Uh, no, I don't. I don't <laughs> think it was that. I just, I, I think it is just that's just how it's going to be. Sometimes you're, there's going to be, and I've heard this from a lot of guys that compete a lot. Is you're going to lose a lot of contests that you think you should win, and you're going to win contests you think you should have lost. Now. Do I think I should have won any of those contests? No. Do I think I could have placed higher? Absolutely. I know I could have placed higher. I know I could have done better. It just didn't happen that time. It's, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Those judges, it's their opinion. Yeah. So it just just because I didn't do as well in Louisiana as I did in Texas doesn't mean I'm a worse caller at that point than what I was the month before. It doesn't mean anything like that. It's just It's just the performance. I mean, if Tiger Woods gets cut in a golf tournament, does that mean he, you know, does that take away everything that he accomplished up to that point? No, it doesn't. It just means he had a bad tournament. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm right there with you. I mean, that's it just takes one, really, and contest going, it takes one bad, like one bad slip up to just, and it could be something you don't even <laughs> notice. It, yeah. I mean, it ain't like, um, I mean, pretty much every other sport you can, or contest, you can kind of make a couple mistakes and still be okay. This, I mean, that, I mean, it 
pretty much it's it's one and you're done the way it sounds like to me and from what i've watched and learned what little bit like youtube I've, youtube and i've done on it no that's exactly right uh every contest anything that you do sports wise you usually have the opportunity to make it up you you know if you have a bogey in golf you can try to make a birdie you know baseball somebody scores the other team scores a run you try to get a run back football's the same way every sport's like that uh duck calling is not like that if you make a mistake that's it you're done Uh, i mean if you like a great example is dive bomb coming up next week it's the most expensive contest all year but i mean it's you're going to compete against the best world, best in the world are going to be there. But the professional, the open meet is a hundred dollar entry fee. Okay. That's, that's a lot of money. No other contest is a hundred dollars. You're competing for five grand, which is great, but no other contest is a hundred dollars. And you're competing against guys that have won world championships. So if, when I go to that one, if, when I do that one, if I squawk in the first round, or even if I just hit a thin note or bad note and the judges cut me hard for it, I'm out because yeah. I made that one little mistake. You know, you can't, you can't make a mistake in this deal. That's why it's so much about controlling the duck call. And that's, I mean, that's what the contests are for is who can control it the best. Yeah. I mean, that's God, I still don't know how you guys do that. Like I'm sitting here like thinking about it and I mean, it is, <laughs> I'm still trying to figure it out too. <laughs> but um, before we jump into Die Bomb, that was that would have been a great segue if you hadn't done good at another contest that we got to bring up, which was the cut down contest <laughs> in northern Louisiana. I, I yes, uh, I did. We talked about Simmons, or we mentioned Simmons earlier. It's a cut. It was a cut down contest, and there's there's two cut down contests all year. There's the World Cut Down in Arkansas, and then there's Simmons, which is just below Arkansas border in Louisiana. I'm not a cut down person. I consider myself to not be a cut down person. It's not my favorite, but being on stage is fun. And as much stage time as you can get, it helps. So I was like, well, I'll go down there and I'll compete. and We'll see what happens. Well, I show up and one of the first people that I see is Daniel Duke. If you don't know who Daniel Duke is, uh, he used to be a part of RNTV. He was, you know, a filmer. I think he, I think he did camera work for him. He is a regular at the World Duck Calling Championship. He's from Stuttgart, and he's won three cut down world championships. So obviously, when I see him, there's the favorite. <laughs> Great, he's here. So I and I see a few others, and I'm like, well, that guy got second at Worlds last year. That guy's all over the cutdown page. That guy's sponsored by a cutdown company. I'm like, okay, my goal is to make third round, but that might be out of reach. There might be no way at that. <laughs> so we draw numbers to see, you know, our call order, and I get 14, and there's 19 people. So I'm listening to people as they go up there, and usually in Main Street or meat calling, I can hear this person's great. This person's good. This person's probably getting cut. I can hear that. At the cut down, I heard the same, the same, the same, the same. I was like, <laughs> crap. I can't even tell who's doing good, who's doing bad. I was just like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I have no idea. 
So I got up there and I blew my routine and I blew what I considered well. I hit every note I wanted to hit. I said, okay, well, we'll see what happens. I don't know if the judges are going to think that's good or if they're going to think that's crap or what. We'll see. Well, they come back there and they said, we're going to take 10 out of the 19. Pretty deep cut. You know, I mean, that's 50% pretty much, or a little more than 50%. Well, they called my number and I made, I made the second round. So I was in shock. I'm like, okay, wow. I, I couldn't tell because there was one guy that got cut and I was like, I thought he sounded amazing. <laughs> I don't know why he got cut and I made it. Well, in the second round, there's 10 of us. They're paying five places. So I'm looking around like they're probably going to the third round to make third round. I've got to beat five of these guys in here. I don't even remember what number I drew, but I got up there and blew my routine. And I, by the end of the second round, I'm like, I've heard three people squawk. So I know I've got all three of those guys beat. So that means there's two more that I need to have beat. And I was like, my, my second round, was pretty solid. So I was like, I think I've got a shot. I was actually more comfortable thinking I was going to make third round than making second round. And they came back there and they said, okay, these are people that made the third round. And they called my numbers. It's like, okay, my goal was made. They called six back though. So that means one of us in the third round is not getting the prize. I, was like, I don't want to be that one guy. Oh, that, that would be <laughs> so miserable. To be that one guy. <laughs> Everyone else so gets anyhow, their name called. I, Everyone else gets their name called but you. That is like a kick. It's like chuck your duck call in the river and drive home. It's like, oh, this ain't even worth it no more. But I, like I said, I was ecstatic. I made third round in a contest that I was not anticipating doing well. But I was like, okay, well, we'll get up there. And I'm like, I'm just going to, you know, blow the doors down and we're going to see what happens. It's kind of the mentality that I had before I got on stage. And I blew my third round. And it was pretty solid. I'm like, okay, well, we'll see. I'm like, I've just got to beat one of these guys. So when you're looking around, at that point, I'm like, okay, there's Daniel. He's a three-time world champion. There's Byron. He got second at Worlds last year. And there's Cody Shaw. He's sponsored by uh, Gordon Bragg and Drake Waterfowl. Uh, you know, there's Ethan McPeak, who is he's on the cut-down page all the time. I've listened to him, and I've watched him blow a cut-down. Like, he's extremely good. And I feel bad because I can't remember the other guy's name. But I was like, okay, he's blowing for uh, Brad Eldridge, Parrish Waterfowl Call. I'm like, I'm just sitting here by myself, you know. Like, okay, all these guys are sponsored by something. Well, anyhow, Devin comes back there after the third round is over. And he said, all right, we've got a call off. And, well, actually what happened was Ethan was talking to him. And he says, well, I'm glad that's over. And I said, well, you could be in a call off. I mean, it could be worse. And he just laughed. Well, I shouldn't have said that because when Devin came back there, he said, we've got a call off. He said, I need Ethan and I need Forrest. <laughs> got to be kidding me. They call off again. Okay, whatever. Well, we draw numbers. Ethan goes first. I go second. I did well. He did well. I'm like, okay, whatever. We'll see who won or between us who won. I, at this point, I'm like, I have no idea. I just know I'm in a call off. It could be for fifth for all I know. Yeah, I was going to say fifth, like the other gets sixth. Did it ever go across your mind that you were calling for fifth and sixth there and you're just calling to try to get your money, your entry fee back? <laughs> Pretty much. That's exactly what I thought. I was like, okay, I'm not, I know, I know who else is here. So I'm probably not calling for first, but I'm going to kind of like 
it's starting to rain and I'm the last monkey or the third monkey at Noah's Ark. You know? I'm like, okay, I'm fighting for that one spot. That's what I'm fighting for. I think I might be fifth or I'm going to be sixth. It's one of these two. And I don't want to leave here empty handed. But Devin comes back after we do the call off. He says, guess what? Y'all get to go again. Dad, God, you gotta be kidding me. So we get up there and we build the calls again and he goes first. I go second again. And it was probably my best routine that I had done. So after that one, I put my call back in my call box and I was like, I either won it or I lost it with that one because that one was solid. I'm like, if, if I didn't win with that one, I'm not going to win. Well, Devin comes back there and he says, all right, we're good now. So he said, I need these five guys to go up on stage. And he said, and I was the one of the five. So I was like, okay, I was placed. Imagine, imagine being the one guy that didn't get called up there. That had to just say, <laughs> I mean, First off, I would I would walk over and be like, "Hey, you couldn't have just cut me in the last round, so I didn't have to go through this again." <laughs> he was probably tied. That's probably why they went to six instead of five. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that would have that would have stung to have gotten sixth. Uh, anyhow, they called fifth. Uh, I think fifth was. Uh, shoot, it might have been. It was Cody. Cody Shaw got fifth. So I was like, okay, well, I didn't get fifth, so where am I at? And I called Byron, who got second at World Cut Down last year. And I'm like, oh, crap, I beat Byron? Like, There's no way. I'm like, okay, there's three of us now. It's me and Ethan and Daniel. I'm like, probably didn't beat Daniel. <laughs> so they said, all right, third place, Ethan McPeak. And at this point, I obviously know now that I didn't win because he was who I was in the call-off with, but now I know that I won the call-off. So I'm like, great. So I got second, which was great. You know, Daniel won. He won by, I think, six points. So that was much closer than my second-place finish to Domingo. So I was actually remotely close in that contest, but I got second, and I was blown away because I'm like, I'm not a cut-down guy. I, I, I can't really say that anymore, but – that was the most surprising finish that I've had all year. Yeah, I mean, that that would – I mean, six points, that's that's pretty close. Um, I it's, mean, it's two points uh, per round if, yeah. you, if you add it up. But he actually – he had a four-point lead after the first round. I think, I think he had a six-point lead after the second round, and I think I tied him in the third round. Well, I mean, that's – I mean, right there – I mean, that's – now, I do have a question real quick. For when you're doing the call-off, do they keep erasing your – I guess they don't really erase your score. They just rescore you two right there together. And, I mean, because you know, you know uh, what I'm trying to say? Yeah, they, they just – no, they don't erase any of your scores. You just you, – they give you another score. Uh, they probably do it 90 to 100, um, just like they scored the third round. Uh in my mind, I would think the call-offs would be a lot easier to judge. You just give one a one, the other a two, whoever adds up more. You know, that's, in my mind, that's what you would do. But they do it a little bit different. I yeah. guess I hadn't really Well, actually... I, was, I was just thinking because if you like squat, like you went up and just squawked like horribly and then you got – if they did score you like a full score and you did horrible and then you actually – that score is now less than like two guys blow you. Like they don't reposition. No, no, no. Your, your yeah. call off, 
you stay your within your lane. Just between you and the other guy. Yeah, you stay right yeah, where you're just at. Between you and the other guy. Yes. Yeah. No. It's it's not like you're doing a a do over round. But there, that has happened before to some people. Like that happened once in te- one of the guys in Texas. Uh, the loudspeaker went off during somebody's routine, and they said you can go back up there and blow another routine, or you can keep the score that you've got. Now he didn't know what his score was. So it's kind of like a gamble. Like I blew clean. Do I do I gamble with? Did the judges hear it, or do I gamble with getting back up on stage and not blowing as well on the routine as what I just did? So that you know that does happen sometimes. I haven't had to deal with it yet. Uh, I plan on doing contest calling for a long time, so I'll probably have to deal with it eventually. Yeah. So that's more of a. It has to be. It's not. It has to be like an outside interference, not a, not any type of call off. Yes. Yeah, it has to be an outside interference. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, man, and once again, of course, there was a lot of prizes to walk away with at that one. Um, it was all the That's wrong shopping cam- cart full. It was all it was all the wrong camo pattern though. We'll say that. <laughs> yeah, I got a lot of Drake stuff, and Drake stuff doesn't. I'm not going to say anything bad about Drake because I actually like Drake waterfowl stuff. It just doesn't fit me very well. I'm not a big guy, <laughs> five foot five, like 150 pounds. So stick of stuff fits me better. Drake, I've always got like loose fabric in it, but I did get a, you know, a pair of waders and who's, who's going to say no to a free pair of Drake waders. I mean, that, that would be just dumb, you know? No, 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 heck, you don't know. Maybe we need to. Maybe we need to do a little ad for him real quick and send it over. I mean, maybe we can get you sponsored for the next one. <laughs> I'll pretty much take any kind of clothing sponsorship right now, <laughs> especially waiters. Um, waiters are hard to get. Uh, waiters are getting expensive. Yeah, yeah. They. I mean, um, but man, I not to like completely go off topic again, but down a rabbit hole real quick. Dude, I love my sick of waiters. Everybody gives me crap for them, and I've had, I've had some issues with them. But man, they've taken care of it every single time. No questions asked. They they fix them under warranty. I don't pay a dollar. Well, I'm jealous. I, I don't have sick of waiters yet. I would really like to have a pair eventually. Uh, last year, actually, the last year and a half, I have duck hunted in a pair of Academy Frog Talk Trout Waiters. Uh, <laughs> did they have like, the boot included or did you have on them? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's neoprene stocking feet or whatever. And you have to buy, I mean, they're trout waders. So you buy the boot like trout fishing and yeah, that's what I've been hunting in for the last year and a half. And I'm not going to lie. I mean, they've held up better than some neoprene waders that I had in the past. Yeah. I've, um, I can't say anything bad about the, I've had two pairs of waders. I had a pair of Cabela's knee preems and I did get a hole in them and stuff, but I just like poured uh you know, that plasti dip for a little quick tip for anybody that you put on like tools, handles. I just took and pour that on where the cut yeah. was and it just like, just let it dry and it sealed it up. Perfect. I know actually I sold it to one boy. He wore them for like two years and then he sold them to another boy and they still work. They don't You've have only had two pair of waders. Yeah, well, I bought a pair of Sitka, so that lifetime that lifetime guarantee warranty better last. <laughs> I, I don't even know how many pair of waiters. <laughs> but 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 you've hunted a whole lot more years than me too. Let's also look at that. I'm like year six here, so. Uh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah no, I'm I 
in my opinion, if you get two years out of a waiter and you're hunting 20 to 30 days a season and you get two years out of it, that's about par for the course, in my opinion. If any less than two years, I, I would not go back with the same pair of waiters. I've had one pair of banded waiters. They lasted me two and a half seasons. And the only reason that I don't go back to those is just they just didn't fit me well. Like I was like a oompa loompa with all the extra fabric walking around. I mean, it was <laughs> that, <laughs> the pictures are funny, but that is my complaint about banded. And I feel like Drake's a little Drake's kind of bulky. Also, I feel like um, I like I like slim fitting stuff. Like I'm. See, you're a little guy, but I'm a bigger guy, and I I don't want to have like look. I don't want to look like a big Oompa Loompa. Um, <laughs> I mean, I like I, I like I used to have a lot of first light stuff, and I like their layering system with like the merino wool and stuff. And then I switched over to the Sika when I started duck hunting, and I really do like the way the way the layering system works and how it does fit slim and tight. Um. Yeah, I I love the way my Sika stuff fit. I I have zero complaints about my Sitka stuff. Uh, this pair of Drake waders that I got, uh, which I didn't know that they had a short version. If I'd have known that they had a short version, I would have asked for those. But it's the the front zip with the tearaway inside or the tearaway insulation. They don't fit bad. They're not they're not super bulky. Uh, I would have never bought them at the price that they're at, but for free man, I'm I'm gonna wear them till they leak and then I might <laughs> try to fix them and then keep wearing them. Yeah, I mean that was that was the reason why I bought the I bought the Sikas where I was looking to upgrade to get out of neoprene and you're basically looking at to buy a decent buy an okay pair of waders, you're like three hundred dollars with no warranties. Then you get up to like Minimum. six six to seven to eight hundred dollars, you get like a two year warranty. Or with Sika, you'd go ahead and drop the thousand. Or now the Shin, you drop a thousand, and you get the um yeah. the lifetimes. Um, I Lifetime. I mean I haven't. I mean, so far they've they've honored it. You know what I mean? I've had yeah. And I I mean I'm I'll admit I I had problems with my Sika waiters, and they've like and it's been kind of the same location in the in the crotch. I had seam issues, and they fixed it every single time. No questions. Like they that I mean. When waders fail, it's either the it's either the crotch area or it's the knees. Yeah, and that's that's just where waders fail the most. If because of use, that's where they're going to fail first. Uh, I I don't know which way I would go right now it, between Sitka or Shin. Uh, I did not think Shin was going to do as well as what it had. I'll be honest. But they are killing it from what I'm seeing right now. Uh, well, they're only doing good because they're not. I don't like not, the neoprene straps. They're only doing good because they're not. That is, yeah, I agree there. They're doing good because they're not Sika. That's why they're doing good. <laughs> you, yeah. you, you, I, I mean, that's true. Right? I mean, I mean, that's the honest truth because it's all everyone hates Sika, but it, it's like they're, they're either there's people who buy Sika and there's everyone else who hates Sika. That's <laughs> and like I tell everyone. Everyone's got a forty percent off code. Trust me, if you're if you're buying Sika, you've yeah. got a forty percent off code. Um, uh, I don't have a forty percent off code. I wish I did. I can tell you how to get one. I'll text you afterwards. <laughs> we'll take care of that. I, I probably need one with this much. Well, honestly, I've got all the stuff that I need now. <laughs> it's too late now. Yeah, but well, I, I will say, 
the the thing about the shin that interests me, like if I had if I had to pick right now, it's it's I don't know which way I would go. Uh, maybe Sitka, just because I'm comfortable with everything that I've bought from them so far. But with Shin being two two and a half hours away, it's really appealing for me to be like, oh, I need them fixed. Let me drive over here today and get them fixed. I, I mean, it's it's close enough that I can do that. So that that is very appealing for me. I'm, it's it's like a sin to say this in Arkansas, but I'm not a big fan of bottomland camo. I, I mean, it's just, it's not my favorite. It works great in the timber, but that's not the only place that I hunt. So I, I like solids and they do have solids. Uh, yeah. but I will say that the stuff that they've got coming out, it looks really nice. I'm curious to see that the price that they're going to have it set up, uh, it comes out, I think the 14th of this month. So it's right around the corner, but I'm sure it will be priced the same as what Sitka stuff is. See, I didn't know they were right there. I thought, well, now that you say that, I think I do know they're that close to you guys. They're in Memphis, aren't they? Or over? Yep, they are in Memphis, which, like I said, that's that's very appealing for me uh, to know that, like, if I had an uh, an issue with my waiter, that I could just drive over there and they would either fix it, replace it, do whatever. Since it is a lifetime warranty too, whereas Sick is in Montana or wherever you have to send uh, them for those. They're in that, like you know, Washington. You, Washington State, I think. Montana is um, first line. Oh, okay. I thought Sitka was it originated in Bozeman, Montana, though, didn't what? it? They might, okay, I might have said that wrong. I think my waiters did, I think they went to Bozeman, and then they Bozeman. went out west. They went to Washington to get fixed, but they were in Montana. They did go okay. to Montana to a facility. Now, see, that's another company. Oh. First Light's about to drop waterfowl, supposedly. Well, that's right, that's right. Uh, I don't know if they're That's coming right. out with waders. I know nothing about First Light. It's the same thing as Sika. I don't know. It's are they going to have First Light going to have waders? I don't know. That's what. That's the big question to me. Are they? Are they? Uh, going, are they going to have waders? I mean, I think they're a little late to the game, but um, it's it's interesting. I don't but, know. I don't know. It's, um, it's interesting. Yeah. It's one interesting. one more waiter before we jump back on topic here. Have you seen? I called them neoprene the other, on the last podcast, and they're not neoprene, but the um, the full bodysuit waiter. Oh, Canvasback. Yes, I. Isn't that, isn't that the company's name, yep, Canvasback? Yep. Yeah. They were at the Ducks Unlimited Expo, and I did go look at. It. I did not talk to anybody about them. I just didn't. I wasn't really like that curious about them. I didn't want to get. <laughs> trapped there talking about them because I wanted to buy them. I just kind of wanted to look at them, you know. And it's a great idea. I love the idea. It's cool. It's it's kind of a revolutionary type thing. But my only thing is like, golly, you're gonna sweat in that stuff. <laughs> That's like, what I, I just can't. I, I I look at them and I feel clammy. You know, I feel like, oh god, I'm just I've got to get this off of my shoulders. I got to get this off my arms. That's just me. I mean, I mean it's. I also, I don't like being chest deep in the water. <laughs> Personally, that's not where I want to be. I, I prefer, you know, not to sound, not to give a push, but I prefer to be about shin deep in the water. Yeah, I mean, well, let's let's think about this real quick. Like, okay, they're full, they're like a full waiter suit kind of ordeal. And like, you're not, you're still not going to go over really how deep your normal waders are. The only thing it might help is right. if you like stumble and fall forward, water won't run up the inside of your coat and down inside your waders. 
That's kind of the only thing that's preventing. But yeah, I mean, I don't see where I ever want to be unless I'm falling in the water. Like you do once a year, at least maybe twice. Um, like I don't see where I want to be deeper than like maybe a little bit above my waist. Yeah. I I mean, that it's not for me. It could be for somebody else. Somebody else may absolutely love that. Somebody that hunts, like I would say like over Washington or Oregon somewhere that it's raining all the time. That might be the way to go. I mean, for those guys, but it's, it's just not for me. Yeah. Yeah. I just, yeah, but but to, okay, let's come back around on topic now that we went down our way to rabbit hole. <laughs> but I will say this much: it was kind of random on your on your prize that prizes from the cut down contest. You won Drake and banded stuff. That was kind of like a weird mix. I did, I did. That was like you know what I mean, like com- competition. Um, well, I, I think Simmons, which is the store. Oh. Man, I have no idea what that is. If you if you don't know what Simmons is in Louisiana, you need to look them up online. They've got man, that is like a Max Prairie Wings in Louisiana. That store was incredible. I could easily go in there and spend too much money quickly. Like they had everything. But the banded thing that I won was the backpack. Yeah, I've never the only banded product that I've ever had was their waders. They weren't bad. I won't complain about them other than just the fit was not right. And that, you know, you can honestly blame that on me because I was the one that bought them after I tried them on. I knew how they fit my fault. You know, it's, it's not bandit's fault. Yeah. So I've, I've still got the backpack and I'm still like, do I use this? Do I sell it? Do I trade it? Like, I don't, I don't know, but the bag looks really cool. I, it's set up well. They have, Excuse me. They have a lot of pockets and a lot of sectioned pockets. They've got a, a hard case on the side of it for like your sunglasses. Uh, if you're somebody that like had set your backpack down in the duck blind, it stands up perfectly. Like when you set it down, it stands up exactly how it's supposed to stand up. And it's got like a little door that lays out like a tray on the bottom. I'm like, well, that's cool. Like it's it, it's a well thought out product. Uh, but like I said, I don't know. I'm not a hundred percent yet on. Do I want to keep use? Do I want to use this, or do I want to, you know, trade it in for something else that I may, may want? You know, I'm not a big backpack guy. Yeah, I don't. I have the uh, the Tangle Free Go Bag. I think that's what it's called. The Sling. Maybe no. The Sling is the the uh, Sicko Bag, but I I think it's a Go Bag. It's kind of like a a side bag that goes over your shoulder. That okay. I I like it. I don't. I have uh so I run all my camera gear in a Yeti backpack, like all the guys anybody okay. who runs a camera in Arkansas uses the Yeti backpack because it's waterproof once you zip it up you're yeah. good um so like that's the backpack right. I use i if I was gonna do a backpack though, I really do like those sicko ones. I've been around a few of them and they're they're pretty nice how they're set up. Barrett and Tyler both have the sicko backpack uh I like it. I just don't know why it's not a hundred percent waterproof. I I still I don't understand that. Uh, in my mind, like that was a, a dumb mistake because uh, it's just that bottom part that's waterproof. That that top part is water resistant, but yeah. it's not a hundred percent waterproof. You know, and in my mind, like that was that's a mistake. It's a timber pack. You're you're gonna drop it in the water. It's gonna get rain. Why why would you not make it a hundred percent waterproof if you're sick? You know, yeah. My and, opinion. and for the price, it needs to be that. That's a good point yeah, for the price. Yeah, but uh, but I do. I have the Sitka sling choke bag. Like 
you might have it or not. Uh, it's a small bag. It kind of goes over and you can slide it around in front of you. I do love that bag. Like if I hunt by myself, that's perfect. Like I carry just a little bit of stuff. It can't hold exactly what I need. It almost feels like it's not even on me when it's there. I can spin it around in front of me and get whatever I need out of it without having to take it off. Love that bag. It's not for everybody though. If you like to carry a lot of stuff, it is not for you. Yeah, I I tend to say I'm not going to carry very much in five minutes in to pack in for the day I've got. I'm running out of room. I don't know how. I've I've, I've started trying to be like Arkansas <laughs> and only bring, like I try to bring twenty shells, twenty twenty shells tops when I go, because yeah. I feel like if I limit yeah. myself on shells, I'm not going to make stupid <laughs> shots. Uh, that's um, very true. That's very true. I don't think last year I shot below. I never got below ten shells either. So, I mean. And well, I'm, if you're running the camera a lot, you're not shooting a lot either. True, but we also have the low duck limit and stuff, so it doesn't take very long. Uh, that's true. That's true. What is your duck limit? Oh, two. <laughs> yeah. Two? It's, yeah, it's two mallards. Yeah, that's low. Yeah, yeah, that's rough. <laughs> that's low. Yeah, yeah. Yep, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, it kind of sucks. It used to be four. I've shot, I've shot a four limit once. Um, me and my buddy did. We shot eight together. That's when I shot my band. Nice. And then... Well, lucky me. Yeah, yeah. Completely lucky me. It's the only duck I've ever had to kayak and go get, and he wouldn't go kayak and get her. I probably would have gave him the band because <laughs> I didn't want to <laughs> I didn't, I didn't kayak out into a, full, a big river. But, yeah, it was the only duck oh, I, yeah. I went and got. Like, all the rest of them he went and got, and I went and got one, and it was the one that I shot that was banded. So I was like, huh, huh, get lucky me. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, that's awesome. Yeah. But yeah, we're down to two, so it's um. But we but it makes you kind of kind of focus in, try to get some bonus birds in that late season too. Not yeah, just, oh, I bet. But let's um let's get back on topic here. Next contest coming up is the is probably I mean it's a pretty big one. Like I'm, I'm well, I'd like to go next year to it. Pending gas prices and everything come down and stuff is um the Squad Fest. That's, yep. That, yep. That's, that's a pretty that's big event. Yeah, it's um that is a huge event. Yeah, it was like last year was the first one, and it was way bigger than what they expected it to be. Yeah, and I think there's a. I mean, there's a ton of call companies coming. There's, I know, um, there's a bunch of podcast people coming there. The podcast during the show and stuff. And um, I assume they're going to oh, have yeah. some oh, of yeah. new products out, like um, their panel blinds they're coming out with and stuff. So. um It'd be, it's going to be a pretty big event. And then you do have the calling contest, which is going to be pretty huge. Yeah. The, last year there was in the novice, I think there was 31 people in the novice. And that, that means your first round is going to be over an hour and a half. I mean, it's, it's going to be a long that gum contest. Uh, and it was, it was a long contest. And then the open had, I want to say, over 20 people in the open. So it was just, it was a big contest too. It, they're, they're probably the biggest contest without being called a world championship that's, that, that's out there. Yeah. What, do they have the numbers they're already expecting for this year on that yet? The, no, the number of people? Yeah, the callers, contest callers. Oh, how many? Yeah. I, I don't know. I would imagine it will be the same as last year as far as 
amount of people. Uh, I know that last year Hayden and Seth were not there, and I think both of them plan to be there this year. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know if some of the people that came from a long way last year, if they'll still be there or not. Uh, but it will, it will still be high level of competition. The novice contest. I mean, it's basically going to be a pro level contest. It's just guys that haven't either won a contest or haven't won enough contests to be considered a pro me, (laughs) (laughs) which I, I had a buddy, uh, actually Seth, you know, one of my teammates, uh, Seth Roussel, uh, after I got second at the, the cut down, he sent me a message like, man, you've got like a love affair with second place. Don't you? It's like, yes, thanks. Appreciate it. But, um, yeah, I mean, you got, so you, so you get a call novice. See, I was wondering if you'd get a call novice with your two seconds this year. Well, you have more than yeah, two seconds. I, you I have a lot of seconds. Novice. Yeah, I, I haven't won. That's the main qualification is if you have won a contest. Uh, but the, the one thing is, is the International College Association, if it is an ICA novice contest, which it is a dive bomb, then there are people that have won novice contests that can still compete in it, but you have to have, if you've won like, I can't remember if it's three or five or whatever novice contest, that would mean you don't qualify. Or if you've won a pro level event, that means you don't qualify for the novice. Uh, so there will still be guys in the novice contest that have won a contest before. So it's, I mean, it's, it's going to be a high level contest, even though it says novice on it. Yeah. Um, now can you enter both? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I did both last year. You want to venture a guess at what I got in the novice last year? Second place. I got second. <laughs> yep. I mean, that was... <laughs> yeah, the so... guy that won the novice last year, Tyler Heaton, he actually won the open contest also. <laughs> now, my when I was in the open, I was hot and tired, and I just didn't do well. I squawked in the first round, so I got cut first round, obviously. But he, he won both events. So he's looking to repeat the the open again this year. Okay, so now will that be a meat? That'll be a meat duck style calling contest, correct? Yes, they're, they're both meat style, and that they'll have a team contest too. Uh, that's also meat style. That's that's the most popular contest is meat calling. Uh, that gets the most participants. I'm not going to say because it's. I hate saying that it's easier. It's just a little more, a little more relaxed. I guess like you're, you can, you have more freedom to do a bunch of ducks. Uh, when I say a bunch of ducks, you know, you're bouncing hens, your whines, your high duck, your low duck, you know, you can, you have more freedom. Whereas main street is harder, but it's also more rigid and live duck. It's just, it's not as popular cause it's, I think it's just so subjective cause there's no actual format that you're following. Uh, so that's that's probably why meat style is the most popular. It's, it's more relaxed. You can really kind of score it easier. Uh, so that that's why they do meat contests. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean that makes that makes complete sense. I just wanted to clarify that. Um, clarify that. But yeah, man, that's going to be. I mean, I mean, we're kind of wrapping this up now, but uh, I kind of wish you luck on that one because it'd be nice to see see from you next weekend that you. Uh, crushed it out there and actually got a first place finally 
Um, <laughs> well, I appreciate that. I hope that I do. <laughs> I need a little bit of confidence. Um, I want to make a third round in both of them. That's that's the goal. Make a third round in the novice. Make a third round in in the open. Uh, those, I mean, obviously, I, a goal is to win, but can't win if you're not in the third round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, if not, I mean, look at it this way. There's going to be a lot of cool products to look at. A lot of ton of call companies there, I assume, and um. Probably a lot of hanging out and drinking afterwards. I'm just, <laughs> That's not exactly my game, but there's going to be a lot of that done. Yeah, yeah. There's probably going to be, I mean, yeah. yeah. I can just imagine knowing some of the groups that are going with uh, Pacific Calls and uh, the Big Honkers are going to be there. I think Looking Glass Duck Club is going to be there. Yeah, they, those three right there can probably do enough drinking for everybody <laughs> for the weekend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, be a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. I'm more like I'm more like Barrett now. I just like a little bit of bourbon and I'm good. I don't know. Yeah, that that's me too. I I just one glass of it and I'm I'm pretty much good. I don't like feeling out of control, so I usually I'm a one and done person. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah, I can I can handle like two, but I'm like twice the size of you two also. But <laughs> um yeah, like I don't See, I used to, what's funny is like, I used to always do bourbon when I did the podcast, but then like, I was like, I got in a rhythm with everywhere. I was doing like three podcasts a week and I was like going through a bottle of bourbon pretty quick. And I was like, damn, this is getting expensive. <laughs> I, I mean, that's kind of what I do is I will get one bottle of bourbon and I will just sip on it and sip on it and sip on it. And then once it's gone, it's, I mean, I'll probably wait two or three weeks before I even go get another one. It's, it's yeah. not a high priority to me. I like it, but it's not, it's not a top priority thing. Well, I'm a tightwad too when it comes to certain things, and that's one of the things that I put on the list. Is I don't always need it. Um, I got you. I'm a tight What's your favorite? Um, I'm a Woodford fan, and that's that's mainly because ha, um, I had uh, my wife's cousin bring me some Woodford cherries and make uh, some whiskey sours, and I was like hooked on those for about. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I, have you ever Have you ever had that? Have you ever? Had, I have never had that. I've had one whiskey sour in my life had it in Nashville and I loved it, but it's like, it's not something that I'm going to make every night. I just, I prefer straight, but a whiskey sour. I, the one that I had was really good. I've had Woodford one time cause Barrett had some and I liked it. It was, it was good. I might have to get you guys some cherries and send down to you guys. Cause see, um, where I'm picking my boat up from, it's actually in the same town where, uh, the Woodford factory is in Kentucky. So very nice. Might have to pick you, nice. pick you guys up a jar and send it down on down to you. Um, <laughs> you know we won't say no. <laughs> <laughs> I know Barrett won't. I don't know about everybody else, but Barrett's not going to say no. <laughs> no, we're not going to say no. Well, uh, before we head off here, uh, why don't you go ahead and plug all y'all, all y'all social media so everybody can find you guys? Because I mean, like I told you today, you guys have a great podcast, a lot of information on there, and you guys have been interviewing a lot of great people on there. Um, you just had a great interview with uh, Colton Thomas. Did I say that right? Um, Thompson, Thompson. 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 Yeah, Maker's Call Company. Yeah, yeah, man. And yeah, I'm, uh, the, go ahead. Yeah, I'm on, I'm a fan of Maker's. Like I've, I'm going to end up running one this year. I don't know which one yet. I got to let Harrison. make a heck of a call. I got to let Harrison pick which one he wants to run first because they're his calls. So I've got to let him pick, and then I'm getting the <laughs> getting the leftovers. So we'll probably trade halfway they through the year. They make a heck of a duck call. Yeah, I've got a. Uh, I've got no, to get go one. I got to get one sometime. That I'm missing. 
that uh, from like the main calls that I know, which there's a ton of calls. You can't ever own all of them. I'm missing a, a Makers, a Pacific Calls, and a 737. I don't have anything from those three companies. I'd like to. I'd like to get one from each and kind of put it in the cabinet, just to have around. Yeah, I've I've blown one Pacific Call, and I don't remember which one it was, but it sounded pretty good. It was kind of a hybrid style duck call, which it was similar. I mean, when I say hybrid style, it's like between a J-frame and a cut-down, which is kind of like what the origin for Makers is. But it, it blew different than the, the origin. But it was a good call. I liked it. I've never blown a 737. I have no idea how those blow or sound. I don't even think I've ever hunted with anybody that has one. Uh, I'm, I'm into the handcrafted stuff now. Like, that's, that's my thing. I like talking to those small shop guys and seeing, you know, how they make a call. That There's some guys out there that make – really really good duck calls that are not mainstream like colton thompson who was on on our podcast uh thompson handcrafted calls uh he makes a great duck call uh michael meredith out of russellville arkansas he makes uh mig custom calls if you have the chance to get one of those you will not be disappointed uh it is a Great, very the most underrated duck call out there, in my opinion, is a MIG seventeen. Yeah, I'm man. I wish like if I ever get back to Arkansas, I got to get over and see you guys, and we need to sit down and do like a video podcast. So we can go over because you got you like you've named calls tonight that I've never even heard of. Um, <laughs> I've I've heard of them, but like I don't know much about the companies. Like, I mean, like I said, like where we are, like if it's not like a big name company, people don't like Buck Gander gets more noise than half the company than Pacific calls and seven thirty seven get out here. And I don't. Oh, right. Right. I mean, and you buy those at like Cabela's. I mean, those aren't, I mean, probably duck commander has more of a, the plastic, the old, uh, what are they like? Are they the poly, what are they called? Like a poly casted call? Uh, poly molded calls, I'm sure. But well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Duck Commander, I, I haven't blown a Duck Commander since I was a kid, uh, but I've had a few people say that they don't sound bad. I mean, no, they don't. They actually, they actually don't on sound the lower bad. End. They actually don't sound bad. If you just want to, if you're just trying to make a quack and do like simple stuff, they actually yeah. don't sound real bad. Um, I'm trying to think, um, Ducklander, I do have some Ducklander calls. I do have a um, one duck call and one juice he call. He makes a good call. Um, yeah, Bobby Hayes, uh, Duck Lander. Yeah. That's, he makes a good duck call. Yep, yep. Uh, that was probably the first goose, like real goose call I ever bought was from him. And I owned uh, a couple different duck calls, and actually one of them's now in Arkansas. I kind of like to have it back, but that's like, I don't even know who the guy was I sold it to. <laughs> and I gave uh, I gave a, a buddy of mine is using one of mine. I kind of told him, I was like, if you ever want to get rid of it or you buy a new call, I get that one back. And I think he's going to br- actually bring it back and – we're going to trade calls around. He's going to take uh, one of my other calls and use it for a while. And I'm going to put there that one back in the case so I can just get it back here at the house. Um, but yeah, man, there, uh, there's so many calls out there. Um, oh, it's, it's unbelievable. If you're not, if you like duck calls, uh, you need to be a member of the call nuts page on Facebook. I can't remember. It's like 20,000 members or something like that. But if you want to get into the small shop world and see what's out there in that world, that's that's where you go. Uh, there's guys that post duck calls all the time and stuff that is just unbelievable. Like 
you're buying the Echoes, the Rich and Tones, the 737s, all that stuff. It's going to be Bodark, Coca-Cola, African Blackwood, Bacote. It's going to be like one of those four. Okay. Well, on the Call Nuts page is where you can find all of the crazy stuff, all the burls, all of these calls that are just absolutely unbelievably beautiful. And they're also going to have inlays on them, or they're going to have carving, or they're going to have checkering, or that it's, 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 it's a whole nother world. Uh, some of them may not sound as good as the echo or rich in tone or, you know, that quality, but it's going to be a totally different look. And some of them sound better. I mean, like, like I was saying, if you, my favorite, the ones that I have right now, I've got, I've got Raggio's, I've got MIG, I've got Thompson handcrafted call. Uh, and all three of those are great sounding calls like that. If I don't hunt with my makers, I'm hunting with one of those small shop calls. It's just, it's not even a question. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that's kind of, I mean, I've heard of, I think what, I think, uh, now I might be wrong about this being small, but how big is like a, a layers? Is it layers? Am I saying that correct? Um, How big do you mean like the size of the call or do you mean the size of the company? Company, company. Is that like a bigger company? We're going to. Yes, I would say that that would, that would be a bigger company. Okay. Uh, well, <laughs> if, if, they're, if they're in Max Prairie Wings, if they're in there, it's a bigger company. Oh, I mean, I, it's, I've <laughs> never shot. You know, and they're in Bass Pro Shop too. Oh, okay. Well, never mind then. Yeah, that's uh, true. <laughs> I've seen a hobo call, but I'm pretty sure those are popular too. I don't even know where those come yeah, from. Yeah, those. Those come from Arkansas. That's uh, Kent Cullum is the person that makes those. Uh, he used to be an Echo person, and then he kind of went off and did his own thing. That's why, actually, the Echo Pure Meat was Kent Cullum's design, and then Kent went off because he wanted to do his own thing, and he made Hobo Calls, and he has a Pure Meat over there. It's kind of their flagship call, I think. Uh, but that's you know that's an Arkansas company. Uh, but no, the small shop, there's thousands of small shop guys and they're all over the place, all over the nation. It, it, it it's really cool. I, I enjoy seeing what some of those guys come up with because I would, I would never think to do some of it. Uh, but some of them make a really good sounding call too. And it's, it's cool to have a call that's like, this is made for me. Yeah. Not, I found a call at Bass Pro that sounded, that fit me. So I bought it. It's like, I messaged this person. I said, I want green Bodark with African blackwood, uh, end caps and a copper band. You know, it's, it's like you can order stuff like that. Now you're going to pay more for it. You know, it's not going to be a, you know, $150 call. You might pay more than that, but you're getting something made for you. Nobody else for you. Yeah. Which is cool to me. Okay, yeah. Um, so, uh, speaking of small batch calls, if um, let's go ahead and uh, we'll we'll run through your what what's your Instagram? Because I want to point out something you posted on your Instagram the other day. Uh, my Instagram is Force Carvajal Outdoors. Uh, <laughs> there's not many Carvajals out there, uh, but that's mine. Um, I'm sure in the description of this podcast you can put my name. <laughs> <laughs> so they can look for the spelling there. Yeah, I'll put it. I'll, I'll put it right on. I'll put it as a title. Make it easy for everybody to find. Uh, but you uh, posted a call that you had turned yourself. 
we're we're gonna wrap it up in a sec, but I like, did. But that was pretty impressive. I had like a couple questions about it because I just learned some of these words the other day. But did you uh, did you make the? I assume you made insert and all yourself, right? Because you can go buy inserts uh, yes, from people. I, I've learned that. Yes, you can. And a lot there there are a lot of people that do that. Uh, there are a lot of people that they will turn the barrel. And when I say turning, for people that that don't know what it is, is you take a a blank of wood and you put it on a lathe. The lathe spins and you turn the call down to the shape that you want. That's turning a call. But anyhow, a lot of people will do the barrel, and then they'll buy an Echo Poly insert, and they'll put that in there. Nothing wrong with that. Now, on the Call Nuts page, you would get a lot of grief. You're not an actual call maker until you make your own insert. Yeah, so. Well, I, go ahead. Did, did you, that's where I'm getting at. It looked like you made your own insert, but I was going to ask about your, um, I don't know how the word yeah. is. You you describe a little bit about your insert and how it's made, and then maybe you'll answer the question because I was getting at like the jig. Um, yeah, I, I'll, I'll, I'll get to that. Okay. Uh, so no, I like like we said earlier, I have blown a duck hole and duck hunted since I was eleven. I've been in the or noticed the small shop call world and been just entrosed in if that's the right word. I don't even know if that's the right word. Just I mean just eaten up with duck calls and small shop makers since the last, since 2020, 2019. And I finally was like, you know what? I, I, I owe it to myself to make my own call. It, I just need to do it. I know enough about duck calls. I know how to blow a duck call. There's no reason that I should not make a duck call for myself. So this has been all the money to get a lathe and everything else that goes with it. Uh, Michael Meredith, who I mentioned earlier, made custom calls, uh, in Russellville had a lot of help from him on just making the call of like, you know, tips and tricks of what I needed to do. And I bought a bunch of hedge or Bodark, whatever you want to call it, blanks. Uh, they're cheap. I love the sound of hedge. I like the look of hedge. So I was like, okay, well, we're going to see what happens. So I made my first call. I think it was June second of this year. So I'm a little over a month in of making my own calls and the jig, which you're talking about earlier, a lot of small shop call makers will say, you're not an actual call maker until you have made a call off a flat jig. Well, what a flat jig is, is you turn your insert and it's just a, a cylinder. Okay. You put it in this metal thing that gives it the shape of the insert, but on the end, it's just square. So it has no actual curvature to it. Like on a J-frame duck call, if you look at the insert, it's got a curve to it. So that's what you have to shape. So I cut it off. Everything is square. I drill the hole, whatever width I like, whatever depth I want. I mean, there's, there's so many different measurements that affect a duck call. And then you just go to standing to make the shape that you want. And then you'll, you'll stand a whole bunch. You'll blow it. Well, I need this. So you sand some more in a certain spot, blow it. Well, I need to drill out more. So there's, a, you make a lot of firewood right off the bat. Uh, but I've got one, I've actually got two that sound pretty solid. Uh, and then once you get a really good one made, you can send them to have a custom jig made, which they take the shape of your insert. They make a jig that has that same curvature to it to where you can make it a whole lot faster. Uh, 
but the one that I made that's on my Instagram, there's a good chance that it's going to get jigged. Uh, I still have a bunch of people at Squad Fest probably that are going to blow it and give me their thoughts on it. Uh, Tyler is the only one around here that's blown it, uh, and he really liked it. So that's good because we blow a call very different. It's extremely difficult to make a call that multiple people can blow and like. Uh, I mean, anybody that's listening that duck hunts, you know that if you have six guys in your hunting group that odds of all six of y'all liking the same exact duck call are very slim. Uh, so the companies that are really big that have manufactured calls that a lot of people can blow and like, that's, it's hard to do. It's really difficult to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's, a, that's where I was getting at. Cause I knew, I knew, I knew you were probably getting ready, not that you're getting ready to make a bunch, but, or make calls and sell calls, but I knew you were from your last podcast, you talked a lot about it and stuff and seeing that I knew I wanted to make sure we got that information out there. Cause I know you, you might be a guy down the road. Someone might want a small batch call from. It's a possibility. <laughs> There's still, honestly, for most people, it, the cosmetics probably comes faster than getting the sound. Uh, for me, I've been lucky that I've, I've figured out the sound quickly. Uh, most people, it takes them a while, and I'm not bragging on myself here. That's not what I'm doing. It's just, I'm, I mean, not trying to brag. I'm good at blowing a duck call. So I know when I blow it where I probably need to stand on the call, where I need to affect the sound to get the sound that I'm looking for. So that learning curve to getting a decent sounding call for me wasn't very you know, that was pretty easy. Now the other side, making the call look good. <laughs> I ain't there yet. Nowhere close. <laughs> that call didn't look bad. It honestly didn't like, I kind of, oh, uh, I like the looks of it. I, it's, it's, it's a Bodark call. Uh, I have burned it. Uh, so as you can see the grain a whole lot better. I put burn lines on it. Uh, they are not even if you look at it closely <laughs> uh, in the picture, you probably can't tell, but, uh, if you had it in your hand, you'd be able to tell, oh, okay, the, the gap between the burn lines is wider here and thinner here. So <laughs> you would notice that it doesn't have a band on it yet. I still got to learn how to put a band on it. I mean, there's, there's, there's still a lot that I, I mean, there's a, I've been doing this a month. <laughs> there's a whole lot that I've got to learn. Uh, I'm hoping that I can have my buddies some hunting calls for this year so that I can kind of field test them a little bit before potentially what you would say, opening your books to the public and selling calls. Uh, I would like for people to want, want to buy one of my calls, but I mean, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Right there. I mean, I, I mean, I think that's, I, I have a buddy who he, uh, he's turned like, so he took our, um, our, everybody, like everybody up here started on like the, the echo, I think it's the diamond. Oh, I forgot yeah. the, the echo diamond back. I think it's called, is that the right name or. Diamond, this is a diamond, diamond wood, wood barrel wood. with a poly yeah. insert. Yeah. yeah, so he took our our, uh, our barrels and made made a couple custom different barrels for some people, and I mean that's pretty cool. And I, I I think all that's cool whenever you can take and turn. I get guy I hunt with now. He he buys the he buys the actually he's talking about he's thinking about just buying like a call and then turning in his own barrel for it, like making like a yeah. custom barrel yeah. for it, which 
he doesn't want to buy like the cheaper insert. So he's like, I'm thinking I'm only going to buy like a higher end call and then come back and turn me an insert. Um, I will say I have learned that goose calls are a whole lot harder to turn when it comes to the barrels and stuff. Watching, watching him try to turn a barrel of a goose call. Um, Oh really? And I think it's because they're like, I don't know. I think, I don't know. It's just like, there's so much fatter. I think a little bit to it. Like you want to like wear like a, you know what I mean? Like they're a lot chunkier when it comes to a goose call. Most of them than a duck call. No, I, I, <laughs> I couldn't even fathom trying to do a goose call. Like I, <laughs> well, that just, we'll just I, talk I, about I talk like the duck call is easy. The duck call is not easy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but man, this has been like an awesome, we've went for almost two hours. You're, you're probably ready to go crash for the night and um, your wife's probably ready to kill you because you've been on here for two hours with me. Um, well, she actually just got home like 15 minutes ago. She's been at uh, City Tennis League tonight. So there's no issue there. And, dude, we're talking duck calls and duck hunting. I can talk all night. It's not <laughs> a big deal to me. <laughs> I know. We like, I know it's funny because we started texting the day and we started out like duck hunting. We bounced from duck hunting to fishing. And, yeah, that, I mean, I'm not going to lie. That was the coolest thing ever about starting this podcast is reaching out to you guys right off the bat. Um, <laughs> hey, I, I I like talking outdoors with anybody, and y'all are a lot of fun to talk to because you've got a different perspective over there than what we have. I mean, it's it you're not in a different world, but it kind of feels like it. Oh, we're in a different world. Trust me, I've been down there. I've been there, Arkansas. <laughs> you haven't been over here. Um, the only thing different. I, I need to get over there. I'm, I'm telling you, like, hopefully, gas price. If gas prices and everything chill out, um. With Harrison having his kid this year and me having my son this year, um, hopefully after this year it'll be a little more laid back around here. And um, I plan, man, I actually we might have a heck of a goose hunt in September lined up. Really? I mean, it might be like a, like count count them up before we even start. Like day, <laughs> kind of <laughs> kind of like an accidental. Like I was working on a roof with a guy doing a side job trying to make some money and he was like man i really want to try to get you something i'm like yeah well i was like i can take you sometime he goes yeah my aunt owns this field down here and i'm like really huh <laughs> you don't say <laughs> could we hunt that oh yeah probably she hates them i'm like well then you're going hunting september 1st <laughs> <laughs> you text all your buddies i got us a new spot <laughs> <laughs> text a few of them i was like hey um i don't know how many guys i can bring but definitely got us a spot for opening day <laughs> took care of that for us um but yeah man this has been gosh it's just been a blast i mean i don't even know where we covered so much we actually covered like a lot of really good topics because calling contest is not a thing out here i mean there's guys around me that right, and that's sad it is because honestly harrison wants to do calling contests and like i keep trying to talk him in the do them i'm like i can't do them you do them i was like and i think i think he would be I mean, there's actually, I got two buddies that I think would do great in calling contests. Um, I've got, I've, I mean, between Harrison and two of my buddies, like I think they'd be good at calling contests, but there's just like, like I said, North Carolina's the closest probably that or, um, yeah. going up to, um, the great American outdoors. I don't know if the great American outdoor show has one in Pennsylvania, the 10 day show. I think it's the Easton show has. I bet it does. I bet it does. I mean, even I would think in your area that you'd at least have some goose calling contests to go to. Yeah, we have, there's some geese. Like I know if you go to the East and there's a big goose contest that the Cal Jones and them forced. Well, East, 
go up and like dominate. Easton has uh, the world live duck. Like the East, Easton has a bunch of contests. I, I would love to come to Easton. Like that's in the plans for the future to come to Easton is to blow in the world live duck. Hey, well, you make that happen, and uh, I'll get Harrison. We'll uh, we'll plan a trip up. I think I I I, yeah. I want to go there. Um, that's not real far away. That one or the Pennsylvania. They're actually those two shows are not. I think we're within like four and five hours. Well, I mean, your buddy should go do the Eastern one because he could blow in a world duck calling contest without having to qualify for it because there's not a qualifier for that one. It's just just pay your entry fee and get up there on stage. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll. Um... <laughs> I mean, honestly. Yeah, I mean, he I... could probably do that. And if I don't qualify this year, he's called in more world contests than <laughs> I have. <laughs> oh. Um, yeah, but let's be honest. At the end of the day, the one in Arkansas is the only one that matters. <laughs> I, I, I don't say that out loud because there's <laughs> a lot of people that would actually get upset about that. Um, but for me, that's the one I want. Like if I had to list out like the contests that are the most important to me, number one is the world duck calling contest here in Stuttgart. Number two is the Arkansas state here. Uh, I want to win my state contest almost as bad as I want to win worlds. Like that's that's a big deal to me. Uh, I feel like I feel like I would have made it if I won the Arkansas State. To be honest, yeah, I'm kind of surprised that there's not for the World Duck Hong contest that there's not like a regional in every state. Like one, re- uh, there, there's supposed to be. It just, it just has to. There's supposed to be a state contest for every state. There just has to be somebody that holds it. You know, you have to meet all the requirements that uh, the Stuttgart Chamber of Commerce and the World Duck Calling Committee, like there's, there's standards that the contest has to meet to qualify as a sanctioned contest for that. But I mean, every state can have a a state championship. Like, I mean, there's like a Hawaiian state championship. They can do that. I think they've actually had that before. Is there? I'm about to say something stupid, but I think there there is ducks in Hawaii. I was about to be like, there's not even ducks in Hawaii. <laughs> I don't know if there is or not, but I'm, <laughs> I'm, uh, the Stuttgart Chamber of Commerce is the website that you go to, and if you find your way through there, you can find where uh, all the – State and regional contests are supposed to be held. Uh, some of them have somebody that's over them. Some of them don't. Uh, it just it just all depends. Hey, someone from West Virginia, take care of that. I don't have time. I want to go watch it. <laughs> um, hey, Forrest, let's uh, let's wrap this up. Um, I've had you on here long enough. Um, gosh, it's like it's eleven o'clock here this time, but um. Yeah, this is yeah, you need been... to go to bed. Oh shoot. I'll probably stay up for another hour editing on my computer, but this has been this has been a blast cuz I I mean, like we said, we I love getting to talk ducks with you guys down there. Um I'm trying to get Tyler to come on to talk about um one of y'all sponsors. Um trying to oh, work yes. out trying to work out a what? time with him right now. Y'all, yeah, y'all need to get together and talk because everything that he's doing for Wellens Land, which that's the company you're talking about, yep. uh, man, he has a lot of fun stuff that y'all can talk about. I mean, if, if you're into land management and waterfowl or just wildlife habitat 
that that'll be a good podcast. Yeah, that's and that's that's kind of the goal here. The next month, we're gonna really push. Actually, for the rest of the year, I mean, we're gonna be talking waterfowl, probably waterfowl dogs, anything in the waterfowl world is the plan. And I've got a couple. Love it. There might be a couple media production company guys spread in because I mean, anytime I can talk with one of those guys about uh, video and TV shows and stuff, it's always fun to kind of sit down and talk with those guys. I got a few of them that I've got trying to get lined out for times. But well, I was I was going to tell you the guy that we've had on a couple times, Matt Covington. If you, I mean, he he goes around for uh, the Given Right TV. Uh, I think another one like that's his job. He is a professional outdoor videographer photographer. Uh, he's got, I mean, he's got some cool stories. Yeah, man, I might have to look him up. Yeah, I've had um, I've actually got to have Ryer Porter on, who works for Copeland Creative, and um. I'm gonna mess up Lauren's last name. Lauren, I want to say Lauren Brady. I'm probably just messed that up. She's actually the number one downloaded podcast. Oh, Lauren, yeah, Lauren Brady. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I've, I think I've listened to one of her podcasts before, but yeah, I know, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, from Southern Perry Outfitters. Yeah, man, she is, she's a hoot to talk to. Uh, it was hilarious because me and her <laughs> actually have so much in common, actually, like with the whole rodeo world and everything, and um really yep yep she's uh she works for a radio company doing their media work for him so it's pretty she's pretty fun to talk to if you ever get a chance to just chit chat with her you need to um she's um cool she's a hoot um but yeah man we're gonna let's let's start out let's let's wrap it up with everything off the x let's uh let's run through all where where we can find you at uh off the X podcast. That's, that's our podcast. Uh, <laughs> me, Barrett and Tyler. Um, we have the name for a reason is because we are not always on the birds. Uh, and that's, that's kind of what we talk about is we kind of come from the point of view of typical hunters. Uh, we're not on them all the time. We do get on them. Some, we've got a lot of hunting experience, good and bad. Um, we're all three here in Arkansas. Talk a lot of Arkansas duck hunting, uh, Instagram, I think we have uh oh, what is the big deal? TikTok. I'm not on TikTok, but Barrett is the one that handles TikTok. I'll kind of do the Instagram off the X podcast is the handle. Uh, we have a Facebook. We do very little on the Facebook page. Uh, most everything that we do is through Instagram or TikTok. Uh, if you have questions about what we've talked about tonight, uh, calling contest or just duck calling in general, you can message me, Forest Carver Hall Outdoors, on Instagram, or you can message Off the X Podcast on Instagram. I, I mean, I, I love talking all, all about it. So I can help in any way possible with duck calling or contest calling. Uh, Tyler is uh, he is a, a licensed gunsmith. He does Trinity Gunworks, uh, but his main role right now is Wellens Land. Uh, developing wildlife habitat but if you do have gun questions he can answer those uh we don't have a dog expert at the moment uh barrett's dog is with keith allen in arkansas right now his his dog is huck black lab who is i mean is a hot rod of a duck dog my dog hank who is a broken spaniel if you go listen to our podcast you'll hear lots of stories about how hank is a wild heathen uh, but I trained him. He was a handful. <laughs> it's a nice way of saying it last year. Uh, but he is at a dog trainer right now. 
Clay Morgan in Louisiana has salvaged my dog. Uh, I would, if you have a Boykin, if you know anybody that has a Boykin, you should message Clay Morgan and see if he can take your dog. <laughs> because, I mean, he, my dog is totally different. He's been down there with Clay for uh, two months, and he's a, a totally different dog. Totally different dog. But I think that's about it. I used, you asked about off the X, and I kind of went everywhere there. But that's kind of what we do on off the X. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's perfect because, I mean, that, that, was, that was a perfect quick overview of you guys. Yeah, um, I was actually around a, uh, a a spaniel. My um, wife's cousin bought one. Yeah, those things are definitely definitely a handful. They are. <laughs> Mine. Um, my issue was I trained him, and I've never trained a dog before. And but I wanted to have a dog that I have trained. That was the, a, a waterfowl hunter's experience that I wanted to have, and I did that. Uh, the lucky thing is, is Hank was young enough that Clay messaged me about him and said, Hey, I think I could help you, you know, with your dog. So I was like, okay, well I'll, you know, let's, I'll send him to you and we'll, we'll give it a few months and we'll see what happens. Uh, cause I, you know, I'm not a wealthy person and dog trainers are expensive, but if he could, you know, salvage my dog, I wanted to see what would happen. And it was, it has been money well spent. Uh, like I said, he's been there for a couple months. Uh, I went down to see him. He's actually in the same town that the cutdown calling contest was. So when I went down to do the cutdown contest, it was like double duty. After that, I went over and looked at Hank, see how Hank was doing. And at my house, before he went to Clay, Hank was all over the place. Like obedience was difficult. He wasn't bad. It's just like he didn't know how to be calm. Like I, it's just I didn't train him to be calm. <laughs> when I went to see him at Clay's house, he, you know, he went crazy because he was like, he hadn't seen me in a month. So he went crazy when he saw me. And then when we started going through stuff, I mean, he was just a little angel. Like he, he did everything he was supposed to do. When Clay and I sat down on the couches to talk, he came over and he laid down right next to me by my legs. He had never done that at my house ever. And he just, he just knew to do that. I was like, this is, I mean, here, take my money. You've done a good job already. Keep the dog till duck season, <laughs> and I'll see him again then, you know? Yeah, I mean, you did pick one of the most difficult dogs, I feel like, the train starting out. Uh, well, I, I picked him because I feel like it's more my personality. Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I am not a, a lab person, I don't think. Uh, after having Hank, I might be more of a lab person than what I thought. Uh, <laughs> more of a a British lab person, maybe. Because <laughs> I'm... I don't know. Hank just seemed like he fit me. As far as our personalities, we're, we're pretty similar. Uh, it's, it's more of I'm not a good dog trainer. And Hank is highly, highly intelligent. Even Clay has messaged me a bunch of times like, this dog is smart. Uh, but he also, since he is so smart, he likes to push his limits and figure out what he can and cannot get away with. So he needs, he needed that constant hand, which Clay has provided. Uh, and I was not able to, I have two kids at home that are young. I've got a six year old and a two year old. I'm doing these contests, this contest calling stuff. I've got my job too. It's just, I've, 
I just didn't have the time to train him the way he needed to be trained. So it's no fault of his. It's all my fault. Uh, and I can own that, you know, but that's just the way it is. But since he's been down there, I mean, he's a world of difference. Yeah, that's, um, I mean, it's, I mean, I've, I've gotten lucky in both the ones I've trained. I feel like they've, they have pretty relaxed attitudes. Um, they definitely, I can definitely tell a difference in them. The one she, um, she knows not to try stuff, like try to get away with stuff. Like I'll tell her to do something and she'll do it. And she won't try to like look at someone else to solve the problem. Now my other one, she doesn't do like the stuff I tell it. Like I, she won't do to me. She'll go do to the next person. Cause the next person's not going to tell her not to. So she knows what she sure. can and can get away, can and can't get away with. And it's quite annoying when I watch her go do it. Like, <laughs> and they're like, yeah, your dog don't listen. I'm like, no, she listens to me. You don't discipline her when she comes over to you. So she's like, well, I can just do whatever I want if I walk over here. Um, that's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. So that's it makes exactly you, right. makes you want to choke them. But <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But. You'll have that. Um, hoping, hoping to get them both bred here soon. So, hopefully, have some puppies. Yeah, uh, we'll see. We'll see. But you know, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna make it out this time. We we almost get out of this podcast, and then like we hit a nice re- <laughs> avenue back in. But uh, we've went over where to find off the X at. Uh, you can find my podcast on Apple, Spotify. Uh, we're soon to be on YouTube at Winter Productions. Uh, also you can find my Instagram at winter underscore productions. You can also find, uh, Facebook, same name, winter productions dash Nathan Winterstein. Thanks to Robert Porter. If he listens to this, I did that because I gave him crap because he didn't know who I was after he was on my own podcast when I sent him a message <laughs> one time. So now I'll put my name after it, but it actually has done a lot of good <laughs> because people are like, Oh, I didn't realize that was your company. And I was like, gosh really (laughs) that's funny oh yeah but uh man this has been awesome thank you again and everybody we'll uh absolutely we'll uh, see you right down the road make sure you go follow off the x and follow along and subscribe download both our podcasts so we can keep getting awesome ratings and subscribe uh make sure you rate and review both podcasts also we have a we're working on a giveaway that i need to check and see I, i need to check and see when the ordered some stuff and I, I hasn't showed up yet. I need to check and see when it's getting here. It was supposed to be here two weeks ago. So I need to check and see where that's at. But as always, uh, we'll see you guys down the road.